Good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. Rami Levee back in studio with us one more time this morning. Prince Charles is here as well. We'll have some fighting words coming up a little bit later on in the program. I don't even know what the stories are for fighting words this week. I don't know what the the big stories in the world of the fight game. I had to fish a little bit, but um, all right, I, I all right, stuff all right. Last week was such a big week. I just I, I, I don't know what we're doing. Is there even a, is there a fight this week? Yet? Uh, yeah, they have. Um, we talked about last week. Uh, oh, this is the Red Derek Vegas, Lewis. But it was yeah, supposed to be in Seoul, South Korea. Yeah, so it's at, it's at one, one in the morning. Yeah. Just very weird. <laughs> so weird. Uh, All right, we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up a little bit later on. Also on the program today, uh, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, will return to the show. Rita and Glenn, Glenn and Rita, back this Sunday on 105.7 The Fans. We'll talk about that. Also coming up this morning, we will catch up with our friend Walt the Wizard Williams, one of the greatest players in Maryland basketball history. We will talk to him about the Terps as uh, they got a nice win this week over Indiana but now they got to prove they can win a game on the road, which they've done just once this season, and it was at Louisville, and that doesn't really count because they're barely even a mid-major at this point. So we'll talk to the Wiz about what it's going to take for Maryland to try to translate some success to a true road game on Saturday night. And speaking of Williamses, we're keeping up with the Williamses this morning. Brandon Williams, the man we knew as Big Baby, outstanding defensive tackle over the years in Baltimore. Um, looked like his career was over, and then in November he got a call from the Kansas City Chiefs, which I guess is not a bad team to get a call from if you're sitting on the beach. Like, I, I guess I'll go there. Odell's still waiting for that call. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you brought that up yesterday. Um, so Brandon Williams gets the call from the Chiefs, and he says, yeah, I'll, I'll come join you. And sure enough, Brandon Williams is playing in his first career Super Bowl, which is cool for me. I, I happen to really love Brandon. He's a great dude. And uh, we used to do a show together once upon a time. Um, my, my first son had just been born, and we were out at Box Hill Pizzeria up in uh, Abingdon, and my wife couldn't make it, so my my old roommate was there to to hold and watch my son, who was a baby at the time, while I did the show. And sure enough, at one point, he walks up to me and he's like, during a commercial break, he's like, "Hey man, uh, I think you think he's hungry." Like, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool. I'll feed him." And Brandon, who had a young son of his own, literally grabs my son out of my arms and says, "I'll do it." And it's one of my favorite pictures that I will ever have because he's his my son is the size of his bicep. It's just the coolest thing ever. I'll try to find it this morning. Maybe we'll share it out on Twitter. Yeah, we'll have to tweet that out. I love love me some Brandon Williams. He's going to join us a little bit later on in the program. So that's all coming up uh, on a Thursday edition of the show. Today's show is brought to you by... Ooh, this one's brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department, who are still looking for some folks that are ready to maybe be the change that they want to see. Maybe uh, looking for a path, a, a direction in your life. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. If you have a passion for service and a want a career for life, you must be a United States citizen. But if you want to find out more, and they have very competitive competitive salaries, cadets start at over $30,000 a year, uh, officers at over $60,000 a year, you can find out more right now. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. 
Um, as far as news yesterday, a lot of hubbub about this report related to the Baltimore Orioles not exercising this five-year option for the lease at Camden Yards. And they put out a statement. The governor puts out a statement. And everybody's saying all the right things. And we are to understand that the reason why they're not exercising the lease is because they believe they're going to get a lease done this year that accomplishes the things that they want to have accomplished. Understandably, there is always a percentage of Orioles fans who's going to say, I'm nervous. And I get it. I mean, I do. I'm not trying to tell you that I think you're insane. I think particularly fans of a certain age say, well, nobody ever thought the Baltimore Colts were going to leave. I get it. I understand your apprehension. I've said a million times, the nonsense about Nashville has always been that. It's nonsense. Major League Baseball wants a team in Nashville, to be clear. But they're not giving John Angelos the Nashville market. The Angelos family has been a pain in their ass. Whatever you feel about them, Major League Baseball has dealt with teams suing each other, which is the one thing that's never supposed to happen among owners in a professional sport. Major League Baseball would never reward John Angelos by saying, guess what? We're going to give you this brand spanking new market. But what? Strike one. Now, hang on. Strike two, because somebody would say, well, couldn't he sell it, the team, to somebody that would move him to Nashville? Great point. Could. Except for the fact that the state of Maryland just offered to give the Baltimore Orioles $600 million. Now, whatever your opinion of that is, I understand. A lot of people probably don't love the idea of the state giving a professional baseball team $600 million. I have lots of opinions about the relationship between you know, public and private and when it makes sense and when it doesn't make sense and when taxpayers lose and when they win. We, we try to focus on whatever part of the argument is the one we're most emotional about, and we ignore other impacts of the argument. Like, we pretend like there being a giant baseball stadium isn't a major thing for tourism within a state. And it does help drastically every business that exists downtown. So we can say we shouldn't be giving, you know, the owner of a baseball team state money. And I understand the opinion. I get it. I I think it's relevant. But it ain't just the baseball team that benefits from it. It's everyone who owns a business down there. It's everyone whose property would depreciate in value if you lost 80 relevant dates of even in years where there aren't that many people coming to games, thousands of people coming downtown for baseball games. So I don't have the correct answer to what the appropriate amount of money is. I don't have the correct answer. I, I, don't, I can't give you that, but it's all relevant within the discussion. And what's really relevant is Major League Baseball doesn't walk away from a state that just offered to give you $600 million. Insanity. They have to solve actual problems with some of their clubs. Oakland is a huge problem for them right now. 
Tampa is a massive problem for them. They're not walking away from $600 million of free money. Here, you did nothing today. Here's $600 million. Well, gee, gosh, golly, I don't know. Maybe We don't really love $600 million. I think we'll pass. The absurdity of that. The Orioles aren't moving. Now, I get it. I get it. They're playing poker. And nobody likes that. It gets in your feelings. It makes you nervous. I understand it. The Orioles aren't moving. What they are trying to do is create a scenario either for if John Angelos is going to continue to be the owner of the team moving forward, which I think most people believe is unlikely, but for him to maximize his value, either as the owner or in selling the baseball team. And by doing that, As a lot of people pointed out yesterday on Twitter, if you've been to St. Louis recently since they upgraded the area around the baseball stadium, if you've been to Wrigley Field since they upgraded, they they this idea that he describes as Baltimore's second renaissance, the Orioles keep using that term, which is way over the top, but I get what he's trying to say, which is this ain't just about the stadium. We're trying to create an area around the stadium that lives and breathes even when there isn't a baseball game going on, which is what they've done successfully in other cities. So we're going to sign the lease the moment that we believe that we can get the absolute most. You're saying we get $600 million for the stadium. Great. Now we want to see a commitment from you about the area around the stadium. Because while we can say that there are are plenty of people that go to baseball games, and and local politicians will be particularly dismissive whenever anyone says, well, I'm afraid to go downtown anymore. They say, really? You weren't afraid to go downtown when Paul McCartney was at the stadium. Really weird how you say that. Because you were all there. I know. I saw all of you there. I was there because I'm an old white man. Like that's we all. It was the it was the old white man convention in Baltimore. We had a great time. We were all there. So when you guys try to say, "Well, I'm 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 afraid to go downtown," no, you're not. You were happy to go downtown when Paul McCartney was downtown, when Billy Joel was downtown. You were happy to be there. If Bruce Springsteen is playing at the arena, is downtown, you're happy to be there. But I get it. There is still a reputation that comes along with downtown Baltimore. There's still a conversation that exists about safety in downtown Baltimore. And the Orioles are trying to say, let's remove some of that blight by making the area around the stadium live more. It's one thing when there's an event downtown. There's lots of people. But I think we all know, the nights where there's not an event downtown, it's not It's not as alive. It's, you know, there are nights you go down there and there's, there's, no, there's nobody there, particularly when the weather's not great. So why don't we upgrade the area around the stadium, give people more of a reason to live there, work there, have activities there, things along those lines, and improve the entirety of the region. It all sounds great. It all also costs money. They 
behind-the-scenes belief has been that the Orioles have always known they were going to get something done, but they were going to choose to do that deal with Wes Moore and not with Larry Hogan. And if you know the politics of the Angelos family, you probably understand why that would be. Whereas the Ravens were more inclined to announce the extension of their lease while Larry Hogan was still governor. Check. If you understand the politics of the leadership of the Ravens, that kind of made sense too. I, I can never tell you that I know something that I don't know. I don't know how this is going to end. But it is absurd to think that it ends with the Orioles moving to Nashville. Patently absurd. To pretend like there's even a 10% chance of that would be nonsense. It, it doesn't work that way. Teams don't move, or they're not allowed to move when they have everything. The other owners would be furious. And they have to approve it, by the way. Like, the other owners are the ones that would have to approve it. They would never be on board with it. They would never say, you, you got $600 million for free, and you want to move? Get the entire F out of here with that. It ain't happening. But I get it. I get why you just want all you want to hear. The only message you want is, we've announced a new lease. It's the scene in Tommy Boy, which, of course, neither of these guys have seen. Because... It's an American classic, and they're too young. Go watch Tommy Boy, both of you. It's, it's, it's one of the most phenomenal films ever made. But it's the scene with the guarantee, and he's like, oh, it's got to be your bull. I, get, I can get a good look at a T-bone by, by sticking my head up a butcher's ass, but it, it's the whole thing. We all want the guarantee. We all want the guarantee fairy to tell us that everything's going to be okay. So I get it. Until that happens, we're always going to be nervous about this. But being as realistic as possible. There is no practical scenario in which this ends with the Orioles moving, and it's just all kind of part of a process. It's frustrating, and for Orioles fans' sake, you would like to just get an announcement tomorrow, hey, new 30-year lease, and then we can all breathe a sigh of relief. Frankly, I just like to know what the plan is. I'd like to see it come to fruition. I like the idea of an investment downtown. I like the idea there's there's going to be a new arena, a new-ish arena. I mean, obviously, it's in the same location. It's going to be a box, which is so stupid. But at least it's going to be new, and it's going to have improved sight lines, things like that. I mean, there there are good things about the new arena. If you could pair that with a new stadium village or whatever it is that you want to call it, I think that goes a long way to improving the downtown experience for tourists, for more events coming to Baltimore over the years. These, to me, are all good things. So it's not just that I want to know because of whatever concern that somebody has about the future of the Orioles. I want to know because I want to see what it looks like. I want to be able to say, like, damn, that looks cool. I'm stoked. Awesome. We've seen Top Golf is already open. That's a good thing. The, you know, the casino, you can have whatever opinion you want to have about your, the casino, but that was a part of downtown that why would you have ever been going to in the past? Hammerjacks, you know, the whole thing. Like that's, These are good things. I like the idea of more of downtown 
being livable, being, you know, part of the city that we have reason to go to. It's good for everyone involved. I mean, obviously, unless somebody's being forced out of their homes, that's a different conversation for a different day, and that's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that at that point. We're still thinking there's going to be a new Pimlico at some point, although a lot of feet dragging about that. We've got, we've got a bill. We've got the money. It's a, again, these are conversations for different days. I'm sort of clouding it, but these are good things. These inherently are good things. Are they the most appropriate way to allocate money? That Plenty of room for debate about that. You can tell me all day. We, should never, we shouldn't allocate a penny to stadiums, we should allocate it all to schools. And, like, you know, it's a, it's a lot of moral authority with that argument, right? Like, yes, everything should go to schools always. But, like, also, we have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. We also have to be able to improve schools while improving the infrastructure of a city. We have to figure out a way to do all of these things. So, sure, I, I, I definitely want to make it very clear. I want schools to improve, too. I'm Glenn Clark, and I approve this message. Paid for by uh, Rami Levy, treasurer of Glenn Clark for... I don't even know what, what office I would run for. I want all of these things. But this is part of it. This is infrastructure. We can say it's about a stadium. And yes, it is. But it's part of the infrastructure of a city. It's part of making people want to come into the city from other parts of the state, from other places. Uh, a lot of Orioles fans, the Orioles hadn't played in St. Louis in like 20 years until they went last last season. And a bunch of my, but our buddy Andrew Stecka, for example, who might be listening this morning, said, dude, have you, have you been since they like redid the air? It's insane. It's incredible. Um, I think if anybody's gone up to Philadelphia and experienced what's the what do they call that little area right there in the middle of all the stadiums? It's called the, it's not the Comcast Center, but it's the uh, Xfinity. Xfinity, Xfinity yeah. yeah. So like, so they have the baseball stadium, the football stadium, the arena, and then in the middle of all of it, and it's a little bit different because that's not it's not woven into downtown. It's obviously in the south part of the city, but there's there's an area there that people can go to and. And do things and eat and Bunch drink. Of bars, and restaurants. Exactly yeah. right. I like that idea. I don't want anybody to run, you know, pickles or sliders out of town because it's part of the fabric of the city. But I like the idea of there being a reason for people to be in that part of town, even when there isn't a baseball game going on. Because I think we've all been on a night when there isn't a baseball game going on, and it is a ghost town i i love sliders i've gone into sliders the day that i was going to like an event at the arena and there were four people in there i like the idea of there being more reason for there to be people at that point so i hope that proves to be the case we will see how this all plays out that's what's going on and again there is no reason for you to be fearful about nashville that's nonsense if you've not picked up the print issue of Pressbox, it is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. On the cover, that's Adley Rutschman, our MoGabba Sports Person of the Year. This is our best of issue, and it's only on stands for like another week and a half or so, and then it makes way for a new print issue of Pressbox. So go get this one right now, again, for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. 
This Sunday, the return of Rita and Glenn on the fan. Oh, you want to? Yeah, give me a little. Uh. Oh, is this just the instrumental part? Come on. Oh, there, there we go. I love that. Come on. Joining us now, she is the NFL chick. My co-host, Sundays on 105.7 The Fan. Whoa, I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened. It was all going so well there. For Sounded so good. Rita, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I was like, hey, what's that? Yeah, Rami, Rami was, was doing... only once I turned the phone on that... I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that was all about. Rami was doing serious producing there. I was enjoying that. What's going on, friend? How are you? Oh, my God. Good morning, guys. How you doing? I'm all right. I am... This is the... I, I realized last year... I don't remember when we started this. We started, I want to say, like in April. And so we were able to get... April. It was April. We, mm-hmm. we, we got through some of these doldrums of, like, waiting. Like, I am so sick of every day coming in here and trying to talk about, you know, offensive coordinator and saying, what does it matter? I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Like, I hate the fact that we're doing this show, and for the first, I don't know how many weeks, everybody just wants to talk about what's going on with Lamar Jackson, and the answer continues to be, we don't know, and it's infuriating as hell. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I mean – this is the the bad part about the you know off season, right? Particularly this season, because there's so many uncertainties at the quarterback position and the offensive coordinator position at the moment. So it's like you know what it what exactly is it that you know you have to look forward to? I mean, that's I mean free agency, I guess maybe. I mean because that's coming up in March, and then you got the draft that's coming up after that. But after I mean like. It's just too many uncertainties at this point. I really wish that they would just get this over and done with. Whether it's, you know, sign, trade, don't linger this out, man. Come on, make a decision and let's move along, please. I, I am of the opinion, too, that, like, this has to be figured out by the draft. Like, I have I have come around. You, I hope so. You, you know that, you know, I, I don't care. You're not going to, you're not going to, you're going to miss me with the, well, we can't do this guaranteed money. Stop with all that nonsense. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, I, I, I am of the opinion that you just get it figured out, and this is insane. The idea of moving on from Lamar Jackson is is so absurd. I, I can't even believe we're talking about it, but I get it. It's, it's, it's real. It's something they're discussing. But the point that you just brought up, the whatever you're going to do, figure it out, I, like what are you waiting for? And the ability to put a team on the field, you pay Lamar Jackson a franchise tag number this year, you're essentially saying, well, we can't go out and do much at wide receiver, so we're kind of stuck. Demarcus Robinson's going to have to be back. Like, what is the point of any of this to just drag this out and do it again? Figure it out, solve the problem, and if you decide that you're unwilling to pay Lamar Jackson what he's looking for and what he's worth on the market, then get it done now and figure out who your quarterback's going to be. I'm going to kill you over it. I'm not going to say it's okay, but you have the opportunity to prove me wrong. Like, you can say we think that we love... Bryce Young, I don't know. I I am a hundred percent with you. If you're going to do this, do it and go draft a quarterback and figure it out. That's well, that's the thing, right? Like you you have to figure out, and and you have to make a, a smart trade. It has to be somebody that has a top five pick at the at the moment, because you know you you really have a need at quarterback if you decide to trade Lamar Jackson. 
And the thing is, is that, you know, as of right now, to me, you it's either going to be C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young in terms of, like, to me, they're the most NFL-ready. Everybody else is an experiment. I, I'm not a huge on Will Levis like everybody else is. I mean, and I watch them because, you know, I'm a Gator fan. He, went, he played in Kentucky. Does he have some things about him that I like? They're going to try to tell you he's like Josh Allen, and I don't necessarily see that, um, but that's me. Um, then you got Anthony Richardson, obviously played for my college team. He's really, really raw. Yes, there's some there's talent there, but, I mean, how much do you trust the Ravens to coach up um, uh, Anthony Richardson, who honestly could have probably used another year in college to get more experience because he only played one full college season. So you really have to it, – it's all about who you're going to trade them to if that's going to be the case. Because, CJ, again, Stroud and Young, to me, to appear to be the most NFL-ready. And then everybody else is a project with talent. So that's the part. How, how far are you going to hinder yourself back if you're moving on from Lamar Jackson? That's something that you have to take into consideration. And so, you know, this is just that's, – that's what happens. When you are in limbo, right? Like now we're having conversations about who exactly they're going to draft if they move on, as a, you know, because we don't know what's going to happen. And it's a, it's an unfortunate conversation that we're having because it, they probably should have just gotten this done last year. But, you know, here we are. So, unfortunately, we got to start having these conversations because it is a very real possibility that he could be traded. It's insane. I mean, it's it's just utterly insane to me. And it's been brought up it by is. a few people. This has never happened before. Like, I, and I get it. They have the right that this to try to drive draw draw this thing out as long as they want to. But they know how much it would hurt them to have to have Lamar Jackson right. play on the franchise tag this season. Like, they know how right. critical that would be. And any conversation we were having about the idea of trading for DeAndre Hopkins goes out the window in that moment, and you're stuck with you damn well better be drafting a wide receiver early and praying for the best for Rashad Bateman. And I, I don't know what you come up with from there. I also just don't, I don't know how you get the guy you want in this offensive coordinator search. I keep saying this, Rita. Like, I, obviously, there's only 32 of these jobs, and we know that the Ravens organization has proven to be more stable than a lot of organizations, right? Like, we're all kind of trying to figure out what in the world D'Amico Ryans is thinking going to Houston at the moment. But, like, we get that the, the Ravens' offensive coordinator position is still probably more desirable than some just based on the nature of those franchises. Like, I think anybody would rather be in Baltimore than Washington no matter what. But if you have identified someone and they're the guy, and let's say it's Eric Bieniemy, right? Like, and you're Eric Bieniemy, and you don't know like what the quarterback situation is going to be. How are you getting the guy? You can get a guy, right. but how are you definitively getting the guy and saying, "Oh, and by the way, we're not really sure how this is going to shake out quarterback-wise for the next couple of years." Right. That's the thing, right? Like. <laughs> What are we doing here, Glenn? Like, what are the Ravens doing here? This is- I would really love to know the plan that they have. Like, obviously, they ain't going to tell us. They ain't going to be like, here, Rita, here, Glenn. This is the plan that we're dealing with right now, right? Because it's none of our business. But I, this is just such an unlikely situation, and it puts everything in limbo. You know, you we heard at the presser, you know, Harbaugh saying, oh, you know, Lamar is going to be the person that's going to help us pick the OC. I mean, and look, that was all nice. I I really feel like Harbaugh really wants Lamar to be here. I'm not saying that the front office doesn't. Let me be clear. But, you know, you hear the sincerity and, you know, Harbaugh 
wanting this to be over and done with probably because, you know, his job plays a role into whatever they do at the quarterback situation. And, you know, it's better to know what, what you have than bringing in somebody that you really don't know is going to be, you know, what they're going to be, right? So I'm sure there's some ties for that reason. But ultimately, Harbaugh was very, you know, um, optimistic about essentially something being done, them having talked to the offensive coordinator. But that sounded good. But the, the reality is this. We have no idea what's going on. And any anybody that's the offensive coordinator sees that too. Now, here's the thing. If the Houston Texans can get a, a good guy in D'Amico Ryan, and we know that they are a trash organization who have fired black coaches in the last couple of years, then the Raiders can certainly find an offensive coordinator who says, I don't care who you bring in here, I'm going to call the plays that's going to make this offense go, right? Of course. So there's always that possibility. But it just feels like this is just the un, the most unlikely situation right now because nobody knows who the quarterback is going to be as of March. I mean, excuse me, February the second, which I mean is problematic, right? A hundred percent. It's so funny you bring up D'Amico Ryan's. Our buddy Jason uh, on Twitter the other day was doing the uh, the international players anthem bit. He was doing the "Don't do it, reconsider, read some literature on the subject" <laughs> with D'Amico Ryan's, and I was like, bro, I. I don't know what he's doing either, but he got a six-year deal. So if they roll him out next well, year, he's gonna be handsomely you know, rewarded for it. Yeah. Oh, I know, and it's there's yes, a lot of, time. of course, of course, yeah. he played there the whole thing. Rita is with us here on and Glenn Clark. So you know, wifey, wife, you know, happy wife, happy life. She probably is the one that said, "I wanted to go home." I, so I hear he had to do what he had to do. I hear you, but what, what, what about yeah. when he says to her, "Yeah, but you might only be home for about ten months." <laughs> <laughs> we might be on the road again at that point. Rita's with us yeah. all on Glenn Clark Radio. Rita and Glenn returns this Sunday, 1 o'clock on 105.7 The Fan. And then she leaves me for a week after that. She makes a one-week cameo. And then she leaves me next Payback week. for the last week of the season. That's I'm true. I did, I did bail on her to go to Disney World the last week of the season. That is a good point, Rami. Speaking okay. of which, it's I want to okay. revisit something from that night. And it, it's a difficult question because... I respect, you know, you know that there are people in this city that are John Harbaugh haters, cough, cough, Ken Zalis. You know there are people in this city that are Eric DaCosta haters, and I'm not I'm not either one of those things. I, I think John Harbaugh is a Hall of Fame caliber coach. I think Eric DaCosta, you know, has 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 probably made more good moves than bad, right? Like, I don't, I don't really know yet fully exactly what Eric DaCosta is a general manager, but I think that for the most part, he's done a pretty good job. I said something that night, and I haven't shaken from it. Like Part of my issue with all of this is I, I don't know in what world either of them at this point in their careers would be above the quarterback in the pecking order for this organization. And this is the part that I'm struggling with Steve Bishotti, which is I like John Harbaugh. But, you know, the, the things that people point out are true, right? Like, the, I, I, it, it's... It is it is unfair to define John Harbaugh by the idea that he he's only won two playoff games since 2012, but it's not also untrue, right? Like that's real. And Eric Costa, so why, why why do you consider that to be unfair? Is it because there's like intangible parts that play a part in because that? Because it it's completely devoid of context. It's completely devoid of well, what would have happened if Lamar Jackson had been healthy these last two seasons? It's completely devoid of is okay. it is it what. What is John Harbaugh's fault in all? Did, did he fail? Did he not get enough 
out of rosters that were built to go win the Super Bowl? Or would the argument be that most of the time none of us thought these were really Super Bowl championship caliber rosters? Like It's just completely devoid of context to, to paint that and say that's the story of John Harbaugh. But as I always bring up, it's also true. Eric DaCosta okay. isn't Ozzie Newsome, right? Like Eric DaCosta's done a, a pretty good job, but he's not the architect of multiple Super Bowl championship teams. I don't know in what world we're saying it's okay for anyone in this organization to say, we're moving on, choose us over the quarterback. That part, I, I don't think anyone here has earned that. I don't think anyone here has earned the right to say, we're more valuable, we get to move on from this quarterback. To my point, if I was Steve Bishotti and these people presented me the, you know, we just can't get this thing done, it's, it's time, we got to make a trade, my answer would be, or I need to find a general manager that's going to get this thing done. And I get it. What I'm really saying is Steve Bishotti's got to be willing to pay the money, and I, I don't know. But I am struggling with the idea that it's just okay to say, we have every reason to trust Eric, Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh with another quarterback instead of saying, like, no, you guys said this was the guy. You guys tied him to it. He played out. Now we got to have a quarterback here. It's got to be this one. You don't just get to move on from this. I agree with that. I mean, uh, that's a fair logic. But do you do we think that the, that Bashadi believes that? That's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you believe that that he thinks that? I mean, and it's obviously it's all hypothetical because we don't know. Right. But you know, I, I, I I'm gonna be honest with you, Glenn. I, I think Bashadi plays a role into all of this. I think that that he um, has allowed them to just be a good teams that you know make the playoffs, and he's content with that. And and to me, that's problematic because if that were the case. You after 2019, you would have said, "Go find a number one receiver to build around him outside of Marquise Brown," and you didn't do that. The, the way that the Eagles did it, that's what an owner would do. And 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 to be fair, Lamar obviously in 2020 was coming off of a unanimous MVP season, was worlds hot better than what Jalen Hurts was prior to bringing in AJ Brown and them going after Devontae. Smith. So I don't understand why you didn't why you didn't kind of force the issue then, which tells me he's just as complacent as everybody else. That's where I stand with that. Because if that was the case, I'm I'm gonna I, what happened in that playoff game is embarrassing. After being fourteen and two, what are you going to do to maximize the talent here? And in order to do that, you would have had to get another guy that would have taken you over the top, and they didn't do that. So my thing is, is how much is it that Bashadi is, is, is a part of this equation as the other guys that you mentioned? And to me, he's just as guilty as the others. I, I don't think that's unfair. I, I think there's absolutely – and whether it's, you know, guilty I, – I, I'm trying to be fair when I say this. I don't think that anybody is just like, eh, it's cool if we never win a Super Bowl as long as we win nine games. But I think there's – No, a, I don't I, either. I, I think there has always been the mentality of just build a team that plays defense and runs the football. That's what we do here. That's That's Baltimore. That's how things work. Um, I, I don't know if you did. You did. I, I know. Did you get a chance to watch the the thirty for thirty yet? Not yet, but okay. I'm going to watch it um, tomorrow. I think there's still a lot of romanticism, right, in Baltimore for that, and at, in, at the top of the organization. I still think there is. I brought this up all the time. The notion that any one of these people was more inclined to keep Greg Roman around than the other. Like, there were always people that were saying to me, well, John Harbaugh's got to go because he wants to have Greg Roman. Like, what what makes you think that it's John Harbaugh alone? Like, in what world do you think 
that Eric DaCosta is hell-bent on doing something different and John Harbaugh is holding him up and has the control in this situation. Like, all of these people have been on board with this. Like, they've all been on board with the best way to have a franchise is to run the ball and play defense. That's Baltimore. That's what we do here. And so when you bring up the wide receiver position, I I think you're right. I don't think it's one particular person's opinion that has led to them devaluing wide receiver in in the last few years. I think it's the entirety of the leadership. And at some point, the buck really does stop with the owner of the football team. Like at some point, this falls to him. And you say, dude, if if you don't want to actually do the things that are necessary – we're going to have to be mad at you at some point. (laughs) Like, at some point, this fan base is going to have to say, like, you're the one. Steve Bishotti could walk in tomorrow and say, what are we doing? Give the guy whatever money he's asking for. This is the way the NFL works. You have to have a quarterback or you have nothing. He has the ability to do that tomorrow. I just don't believe that he feels that way, though, Glenn. And I think that that's the problem. Because we heard him come out and say, I mean, and look, what he said, I'm sure lots of owners have said. The problem is that we heard him say it. That's the problem. About, you know, I feel some type of way about fully guaranteed contracts. Again, I don't think that that's an issue across the board. I think that most owners feel that way. Yep. The problem is I heard my owner, my team's owner say Correct. That. So that, that. So so I know where he stands with that. And then also, you know, you, you start looking at the money and, and hearing about the money. First of all, let me say this. I don't think that Ryan Clark's report was accurate at all. I believe he got that from an NFLPA person, which they have a clear agenda when it comes to Lamar Jackson. Because we heard too many other reports about what his what they that they uh, allegedly offered him, and it was not in the same realm as, as Ryan Clark. Let me be clear on that. I think that that report was BS. Um, and by his own colleagues, we heard a different report. So there's that. And and so it's it's easy to be manipulated when somebody wants to get a message out. And the NFLPA was uh, actually talking to Ryan Clark. So there's that. That being said, um, you know why did you think that? He was worth Kyler Murray money. Why did what did Kyler? Why was Kyler Murray the the? Why was that range it? And why was it not a little bit more? Because he's done more Correct. than Kyler Murray. And so my thing is, is that I, I I find it hard to believe that the owner isn't involved to some degree, and that I'm not I'm not saying that he has his foot all. I don't think he's Jerry Jones by any means. I think he for the most part he minds his business, but he also writes the checks. So obviously conversations has to be had to some degree. And so I just believe that there's some complacency going around there on all levels, on on the head coaching level, on the GM level. And this is not necessarily just an Eric DaCosta thing. I feel like that that's kind of how this went, you know, post Anquan Bolden. I mean, yeah, they got Steve Smith and, and, and they did, you know, go to the divisional round that one year. But really, like, what have they done since that? What what kind of free agents have we really seen them bring in since that? What kind you know what I'm saying? When you start looking at drafts, what were they doing there? So you now you have a quarterback that potentially is generational and you're you're not you're on the same page. I'm not saying and I don't even think Lamar is even asking for a fully guaranteed contract. I'm sure he was like, I would prefer a fully guaranteed contract, but if that's not what y'all want to do, this is the amount of money that I would like guaranteed, right? And even then it feel it seems like it was 
a conflict there. And so I'm not really sure what the Ravens think, but quarterbacks don't get cheaper. They get more expensive every year. And you can clearly see that when you look at the salary cap, when you look at the franchise tag number, the the expected exclusive tag is $45 million. So I don't know what you think that you're going to do here. It's not going to get cheaper. And if you think you can just stop and plug play some regular quarterback with this regular talent around them, then you're going to be on the outside looking in for years to come. And if you're just being complacent with being good enough to go to the playoffs but not doing anything about that, then to me that's a problem. That's a problem from the, from the top, from the front office, from coaching. That's a problem. And your fan base is going to let you know it's a problem. And I think that you need to do something about it sooner rather than later. I, it is weird to me how many people like fight about this thing with Lamar. It is weird to me, and I, I you know, I, I think that there's certain things we can point out about this fan base, and and who's in favor of just paying Lamar whatever he wants, and who isn't. I think that um, we can find out what those people have in common. But I, I'm just, it is really weird to me when I hear anyone within a fan base say, "Well, yeah, but you know, like, uh, I, you got to be a little bit worried about the fact they didn't finish the last two seasons." Like, wh- what does that mean? Does that mean you think Lamar Jackson can't play football again? Because the debate that the Ravens having are having isn't we don't want Lamar Jackson to be the quarterback. It's about literally a fifth year of flexibility within a contract. Imagine losing. Imagine fumbling the greatest quarterback you've ever had over a debate about how much flexibility you'll have against the cap in the fifth year of the contract. Imagine that being the reason. Nobody over there is saying, we don't want Lamar Jackson to be the quarterback. The debate is about how much guaranteed money, which again is exactly as relevant as your ability to get out of a contract in five years. That, that's what you're going to fumble the quarterback over? Like, that's the part that's going to make you say... We just can't do this. We're gonna have to have you know Derek Carr play quarterback for us next season. Uh, it's, and then like like really like Derek Carr like I know you don't think I know you don't think Derek Carr is is the is the like again what is that Glenn a plug and play that's a plug and play because although Derek Carr does have talent he has a ceiling and that he just cannot get past. I don't believe that about Lamar. I believe that Lamar's ceiling can be moved because of his work ethic. I think Derek Carr is who he is, and he's not going to change. So if you decide to say, let's move on for Lamar and bring in a Derek Carr, and you still got the people. We saw what Derek Carr did with Devontae freaking Adams. Right. What do I expect him to do with the dudes that they have on this roster now? Seriously. He was embarrassing. Embarrassing. It's insane. I mean, it's insane the way this conversation goes and the way that people fight about. The, the, and, and again, to your point, we don't know with certainty that what he's looking for is fully guaranteed. Although, you know, the, the point has been made that the NFLPA certainly wants him to fight over fully guaranteed. I mean, Absolutely. D, D. Smith laid that out in uh, in Ryan Clark's podcast, right? Like he said very clearly, we need somebody to go to war over fully guaranteed contracts. Like we need someone to step up and say, we this is what we're doing now. You have to deal with it. I'm not agreeing to anything. But we don't know with certainty to your point, and it's been I have heard that while, you know, it might not be fully guaranteed, it would definitely be more than what's been put on the table, what's been reported that we, it would take to get something done. But even if it was, I just don't get why we're fighting about it. Like what is how does it impact your life, Steve in Odenton? How does it impact your life? 
you know, Bob in Parkville. Yeah, J- you know, whoever you are, whether or not the Ravens end up giving fully guaranteed money to Lamar Jackson, like, what are you panicked about? I, I, I'm but because people take this way too seriously, and you know that. You you know, sports is now fandom has. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, like. Okay, but as a fan, I can understand. Be, it makes sense to be panicked about not having a quarterback. We saw what that looked like sure, at the end of the season. Sure. That's worth being panicked sure. about is not having a quarterback. Sure. It, even within the context of fans are all crazy. I get that. There is that is hell. That is purgatory in football. Yeah. Is having no quarterback. That panic over being panicked over the idea that if Lamar Jackson were to suffer a serious injury three years down the road that it would hurt you five years down. The, like, imagine that being the thing that you're worked up about as a fan. Like, oh, God, I don't know. In, 20, in 2028, there's a scenario by which something could go wrong, and this could really hurt. Like, imagine caring about that. What is your yeah. life if that is what you're worried about right now? My God, yeah. get a hobby. <laughs> Something. No, I mean, look, too many, it's not enough people out here that touch grass for me. Yeah. Get out the basement and go touch some grass. Go go smell the fresh air. Right. I know it's wintertime, but we've had a, a pretty mild winter up until, like, yesterday. Go outside. Anything. It's okay. Anything. Go do, do and, something different. And, again, I get, I get why it is that football teams don't want to do that. They want as much flexibility as they can get, but there's, there's a limit. That limit is you're going to hurt your football team. You're going to hurt your team this year if you play them on the tag. You're going to hurt yourself by risking not having a quarterback. It ain't worth yep. it. It ain't I worth it agree. for the fight. It's not worth it. All right. So I guess I we'll, agree. we'll be doing more I of agree. this. We'll be doing more of this. Because we didn't do enough of it during yeah, Ravens Sunday pre and post we'll be arguing more about it. God, this is, <laughs> this is what we've got. What else, what, else are you, like, what else do you care about right now? Because we know your top, you know, top three things – are are the NFL, the Orioles, and college football? So none of those things are going on for a little while after next week. What what do you get into? I like basketball. I mean, you know, I don't really like it until playoffs. But you know, in February, I feel like you kind of like in the trenches. I like I like March Madness, so we have that look to look forward to. Um, I, so I'm excited about that. I do watch other sports. I'm just you know, I just watch football and Orioles more so there's that you know what I mean but like I was I actually was interested last night because I saw Florida upset Tennessee uh Tennessee last night I've been paying attention Glenn don't do me like that all right so, I mean, but you're not gonna like you don't care about Maryland basketball at all right like you're not gonna tune I mean, in I, do, I, 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 I obviously I root for Maryland basketball I'm okay. I, I want them to win I mean I just I think they kind of mid though so. all right okay that's enough out of you that's enough out of you <laughs> I'm trying to get excited about Maryland basketball. I really am, yeah, but you know. How how you, how worried how worried do I need to be that by like May you're gonna have to say I'm sorry I can't do this anymore because now I'm a star on Peacock. Like how worried am I oh, gonna have boy, to be? Oh boy, bye. Oh boy, bye. Please, I wish. I mean, I don't wish, but I, I, I get out of here. <laughs> uh, you're gonna be on with those guys this afternoon, right? Yes, I'm going to be on there this afternoon. I'm assuming we're going to be talking about NFL playoffs because, uh, you know, we, those, those games need to be discussed, man. Oh, yes. You know, championship games need to be discussed, so we got to talk about it. All but right. 
Yeah, I'm excited to come back Sunday. I missed you, friend. I love so. I love you. I can't wait to do it all. We'll bring back all of the uh, the segments that you love. We'll bring back I'm Tired. Yeah. We'll bring back As Seen on Twitter. We'll bring back Sunday Scaries. We'll be doing all that stuff uh, Sunday 1 to 4 on 105.7 The Fan. Of course, at the NFL Chick Absolutely. on Twitter. And you guys, uh, what's what's the podcast schedule now for you? Um, so, uh, well, winning drive will be, there's another, where well, there's a new one that came out yesterday. There's another one that will be dropping tomorrow. Gridiron gals will also be dropping probably tomorrow. So, I mean, you know, we got stuff going on. And again, I'm on Peacock today at three twenty uh, on brother from another talking NFL playoff. With Michael Holly and Michael Smith. All right, my friend, I love yeah. you. I'll see you Sunday. Thank you. It's Sunday friend. It's the NFL chick, Rita Hubbard, with us here on GCR. I just, I, look, I get it. I am not dismissive of the fact that the Ravens want to negotiate as much as they can. I brought this up last year. Last year, it didn't hurt the Ravens in any way. You'd argue it helped the Ravens, that Lamar Jackson didn't hold out, that he didn't demand a contract or a trade. It was beneficial to the Ravens, unless, of course, it impacted whether or not he was on the football field at the end of the season, and then it wasn't very beneficial to the Ravens. But for the most part, the number was quite reasonable for him. He left money on the table. Like, that's the reality of last season. I thought it was insane that he didn't hold out. Like, he left money on the table. He played for a number that was significantly below market value last season for a quarterback. But for the Ravens, no problem. Now it's a problem for the Ravens. I didn't scream about it last year because it didn't impact the Ravens. Now it impacts the Ravens. If Lamar Jackson plays on the exclusive franchise tag this season, that's a problem. That limits what you can do to put the best football team on the field. And if you trade Lamar Jackson, you don't have a quarterback! All of it hurts the Baltimore Ravens. So now, I got some piss and vinegar in me. And look, does it mean that if they were to do this, they couldn't draft and find a quarterback and... You know, get a solution? Of course it's possible they could. But it could also go the other way. They could also draft Kyle Bowler. They could also become the New York Jets and never have a quarterback. And Rami beg for a 50-year-old to come play quarterback for them because that's what you have to hope for in life because all of your quarterbacks have stunk. Like Derek Carr is 31, by the way, also. It's not like he's young. No, Derek, Derek Carr is not an answer to anything. Yeah. He's not in any world an answer to something. These fans also who complain about paying him, like, it's not your money. I, but th- that part bothers me a little bit, but I also get it. Like, you want to be able to put the best team on the field. Like, I can understand. What, what um, team without Lamar is the best version of the no, team? No, no. But yeah. th- th- I would understand people fighting about whether or not, for example, um, I'm trying to think of a good argument for this. Who's somebody that's coming up for a contract that there is real debate about whether or not they are truly a franchise? I, I can understand in New York. Oh, you, you got, you got one, Charles? One. Go ahead. Daniel Jones. Yeah. Daniel Jones, exactly yeah. right. I could understand having a, a legitimate debate in New York about Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley is a better argument, right? Because he's a right back. Of yeah. course. There's always conversation for something like that. But the quarterback position, it really is as black and white as you either have a quarterback or you don't, right? Like the, this, You can survive without a running back. You can survive without a lot of things. You cannot win a, a Super Bowl without a quarterback, a legitimate, real, high-level-ish quarterback. So I could understand there being a debate in New York. I could absolutely understand there being people that have one opinion. I've seen a lot of good things. like, And on the other side say, we know he's not 
at the upper echelon of NFL quarterbacks, you can't do this. There is a Washington dealt with this with Kirk Cousins a few years ago. Yeah. Definitely did. Yeah. And, you know, there were a lot of people that had the opinion of he's not that guy. And, and who won that at the end of this, right? Like, Minnesota paid him. They made a bunch of playoffs, but they didn't do anything. Washington yeah, I mean, did. Right. They, the best they had to show for it was an NFC championship game, yeah. right? Like, that's the best they had to show for it. Now, somebody might say, what would they have been otherwise, right? Like, and that's always the debate about these. Wasn't the championship game the year before Kirk Cousins? Wasn't that no, the, the Minnesota Miracle? Remember? That wasn't Cousins. That was Keenum. That was Keenum. Oh, God. That yeah. was Keenum. Son yeah. of a bitch. It was Keenum. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they got their so they doors got, blown off also yeah, in Philly. Yeah, yes, correct. That did happen. Damn, I forgot that was Keenum. That's why they went out and got Kirk Cousins, essentially, because Son of that game. Bitch. I we completely we were forgot ready. about that. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Now, they've got a bunch of regular season wins to show for it, right? Like, they've got a ton of of wins. They, they've been competitive. Like, they've been worth watching on Sundays if you live in Minnesota. But... No. There's not much else worth doing on Sundays in Minnesota oh, during you. the winter. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> All right. Um, there's been a difference between them and the Houston Texans, for example. There's been a difference between them and some of the more moribund franchises, and because they have at least a competent level of quarterback play. But it's competent. Like, that's what it is. And I'm sure there have been plenty of people in Minnesota that would have said – you know, I, Charles is a Vikings fan. I don't know how he feels the about it. The difference is Lamar's better than all those yes, guys. Correct. Yes. There's no debate about this. You know he's a dude. Like but Flacco you, was a pocket passer. All right, all right, <laughs> all right, Ronnie. All right, Ronnie. Um love that. I do love that guy. I love Stabby. Um look, man, I I'm befuddled by like it, it, we get to this point. My buddy um uh Randy Morgan, who writes for Drew, always tries to go back and forth with me about this. Like, look look at the the, the Kyler deal is perfect because in year five, you could get out of it. That that's that's it. You're fighting about that. You're fighting and saying we might be better off not having a quarterback over the idea that you want to be able to get out of a fifth year of the deal. You might not have a quarterback for five years versus there's a chance that the fifth year might end up being a problem. That's what you're fighting over. Not here. Would you trade for Kyler Murray? No, right? No, like, not in a million years. Not in a million years. Okay, that's part of the equation, too, is the reason why you can't get the Kyler Murray deal is because, as Rita pointed out, Lamar Jackson is better than Kyler Murray. That's where we are. All right, we are winding down hour number one of the program. Rita and Glenn returns this Sunday, 1 o'clock on 105.7 The Fan. Today's show is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Thinking about maybe getting some action in on the big game? Well, you need to take advantage of some great offers that are available from all of the betting houses here in the state of Maryland for signing up for mobile sports betting. For example, if you've never signed up for DraftKings before, bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Again, pressboxonline.com slash offers is the website. Click on the sign-up link where it says DraftKings. you got to go there first. Don't ask me. I've had a few people ask over the years. Hey, what's that code? No code. There isn't a code. It's a link. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. I can mail it to you. I can do whatever you need if you've got questions. But you got to go there. Click. There's a click. There's literally a click here button right there. Click it. And then you can sign up and get that offer. Bet $5. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly from DraftKings. When we come back in, we're going to talk some Terps. Rita calling him mid. Get, we're going to fight. 
<laughs> actually, I had to look. Florida's r- record is actually worse than Mary. She's. I don't. But I guess they have more. She's not even really a Florida basketball fan. She doesn't watch it. Yes, she's a Florida football fan. Like that's what she loves. And calling a mid. She looked at the standings and a few box scores. Correct. <laughs> sounds like disrespect to Steve Blake. I'm just saying. Right. And Steve Blake will literally fight you. We know that. He will fight his own teammate. Steve Blake is one of the most intense humans that anyone has ever met. Um, when we come back in, we will, uh, we will talk some Terps. Walt the Wizard Williams. That dude was not mid. I know that as a fact. One of the great players in Maryland history. Joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets start at over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license, and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of Issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our Winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. I, our friends at Royal Farms, so we love, right? Like, I want to make this point. I was getting together. I had a friend invite me over on Saturday night to watch the WWE Royal Rumble. Now, if you're not a professional wrestling fan, 
the Royal Rumble is the best thing about being a professional wrestling fan. It's awesome. It's you never know who's going to show up. Old wrestlers come back. Booker T was in the Royal Rumble this weekend. Like it's a very cool event. So when my buddy said, "Hey, you know, it's been a long time," my buddy Brian said, "Why don't we all get together and watch the Royal Rumble?" And there was only like five of us, but it was great. It was really cool. And I said, "I'd love to do that." That sounds like a heck of a way to spend a Saturday night. So I stopped at Royal Farms before because whenever I come to somebody's house, I like to bring chicken. Like that's what I like to do. And so I stop and get chicken. And I put in my order because they're doing a deal. It's like a twelve piece for twenty bucks or something like that. Right? Now. You can't ask for better. It's awesome. And then as I arrived at his house, I said, the reality is there could be anything in that bag. They might toss some tenders in there. They might throw a spicy tender in there. Like, there, any who knows what's in that bag? And that sounds, somebody would say, well, I don't want that. No, 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 you want that. This is like when you get, I compared it to, uh, they don't spend money, iPops. You guys know the place that I'm referring to. Where you put that order in, and it could be anything in that bag. It could be anything at all. And it's part of the beauty of going to a place like that. That's what I like that Royal Farms has kind of become. You can open up that bag. Your chicken's going to be in there. But you never really know exactly what it is that you're going to get. And it's kind of the joy of it to me. Like, it's going to be a full bag of chicken, I assure you. You're not going to get, they're not going to cheat you at Royal Farms. They're just going to throw other things in there for the sake of throwing other things in there. And that's part of what I love about them. I don't even have to do a commercial read for Royal Farms today, but I just like Royal Farms that much that I'm willing to give them a shout out for it because showing up with a bag of chicken at uh, my buddy's house for the Royal Rumble was a really pleasant way for me to spend a Saturday night. Uh, today's show is also bro- well, actually, this one's just a reminder. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Again, 24-7 for free confidential services. All right, um, here, I'll have you call him for my cell phone because it just might be that he doesn't recognize the number. Uh, there you go. You can call him from, from there. Walt Williams is scheduled to join us here in just a minute. Um, this from Antonio. Antonio says... The NFL's owners have found a way to brainwash fans. They yearn to hoard picks and salary cap space. They don't have to win Super Bowls. Ravens fans talk a lot about being over a cap that they don't have to pay. What are you saving money in picks for if it's not a Lamar? And this is 100% what I don't understand about this debate. I get why the Ravens want to try to do as well as they possibly can in these negotiations. Everybody does. Right up into the point where negotiating further hurts you. If they get to March and they announce a deal that gives them a little bit of cap flexibility in the fifth year of a contract, that's a good thing for the Ravens. I'm in favor of that. But if they get to July and they haven't figured that out, and now they're locked in to the exclusive franchise tag number, it hurts them. It's bad for the Ravens. So negotiating now, fine. Right up until the first point where it hurts you, where it impacts what you're able to do in building a team. And to that last sentence, what are you saving money and picks for if it's not a Lamar? I, it's not, I keep saying this. It's not impossible that the Ravens 
trade Lamar, get a top 10 pick, draft whoever it is, C.J. Stroud, and C.J. Stroud becomes a rock star quarterback in the NFL. It's plausible. Is it likely? You know, we'd have to start looking at the percentages of how many first-round draft pick quarterbacks have truly hit. Is it likely? I don't know. Is it the best thing to do? Sure as hell isn't. It's a gamble. And it's a far more significant gamble than the fifth year of cap flexibility. And to the point that Antonio makes, and what I'm trying to say, I just don't, What as a fan, imagine fighting about that. As a fan, imagine not holding a franchise feet to the fire to say, nah, dude. Nah. You're not running the greatest quarterback we've ever seen out of town over how much cap flexibility you're getting in years four and five. We ain't doing that. As a fan, imagine that being your priority. I, I, It's unfathomable to me. So that's what I'm fighting about. That's what my conversation is about. That's where we are, you know, I, I hear from people still that have opinions that just say you can't do this. You can't, you can't, you can't. Stop. It's that number that gets thrown out. Which Charles, do me a favor. Look up the stat. There's a stat that's out there about you know how much, what percentage of your cap, or, or the, the quarterbacks that have made Super Bowls in like the last 10 years and their percentage of the cap that they've taken up. And there's a stat that really screws with people here. That's some, the number something like 14%. Well, if you go over 14% of your cap, you can't win a Super Bowl. Of course, I think Patrick Mahomes is already at a place where uh, 14% will, will be an issue this year, but I don't know. If you can't if, do that, because I think it really messes with people, because what they're missing is they think that means you can't possibly win once you get to that number, when it, what it really says is, hey, it would be beneficial to have Tom Brady playing at a lesser cap percentage, which unfortunately, you know, he's not available any longer. He's decided to go ahead and retire. All right, did you find it? Uh, hang on, pull uh, up Charles. Right now I have 10%. Here. Here, I'll, I'll, we'll look at it. During the next commercial break, I'll take a look at it, make sure we have everything there. There. Let's switch gears right now. Joining us now, this man, of course, one of the great players in Maryland basketball history and radio analyst for the Terps. They just came off a very nice win over Indiana the other night. They'll be on the road on Saturday where things have been a bit of an issue for them uh, on the road this season. He is, of course, the wizard, Walt Williams, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Walt, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Of course, my man. Anytime. Man, uh, I will make sure that we talk up Clutch Vodka. What do, what do people need to know? Oh, man, you know, it's gluten-free, no sugar, no carbs. And the, the separator for us is that we take our vodka through a coconut filtration process uh, to purify it. And so it gives it that smooth, clean taste that uh, that you love in, in, in vodka. So uh, we wanted to make sure we had premium vodka for affordable prices. And so that's what we came up I love, with. I love that. Man, a, a coconut filtration. Man, that sounds amazing. I got to get on such yeah. vodka. That sounds incredible. <laughs> All right, Walt. So I, look, the dumb the guy thing to say is, you know, the, the Maryland's not the same team on the road and at home this season. Well, you know, in college basketball, who is, right? Like, it's always more difficult to win on the road than it is to win at home. But it's been a bit more drastic for this Maryland team than it is for a lot of teams. Can you kind of put your finger on why that might be the case and what needs to change? Because right now, obviously, Maryland's done a lot of good things, and I, I think there's every reason to be excited. 
but what would need to change in order for them to be able to to take the success they found at home and translate that to natural road games the rest of the year? Well, I think that the the difference at home is that uh, you know offensively they're more consistent. Um, they score in the paint a little bit more as, as of late. The last uh, three four games they've been uh, having a concerted effort of getting into that paint and scoring and not shooting as many threes. I mean, Indiana game they, they shot a uh, twenty twenty some odd uh, threes, but uh, uh, other than that game, they've been down in the teens uh, with shooting threes. So. Uh, um, they've been doing a better job, and especially when you're talking about Jameer Young getting into the paint and, and uh, making his presence known, but more importantly, in the pick-and-roll action with uh, him and uh, Julian Reese. Yeah. Uh, they have been connecting more consistently. Uh, Julian's been finishing uh, strong around the basket, and he's played well against uh, top-notch uh, competition. You know, Hunter Dickinson and uh, Edie, uh, you know, uh, Jackson Davis. Uh, so, so he's been doing a great job uh, holding up against uh, individual tough, tough competition. It is you know we've talked a lot this season about Maryland's. You know, you bring up the shoot, the three point shooting. They are not a good three point shooting team on the whole. Um, they are absolutely a better team when they are attacking the basket. And also, one of the issues has been their depth, right? Like that's that's been an issue all season long. What's jumped out at me is kind of how remarkable it is the minutes that, that that he's gotten from certain guys, whether it's a million or Swanton Roger or Jahari Long, a team that is not very deep, but somehow, some way, he's squeezing out quality minutes from guys that you would not expect to be giving quality minutes to this team at this point in the season. Well, I think that lends to the fact of, uh, you know, just uh, like we said earlier, offensively it's not where they're making their hay right now. It's defensively. Yeah. So those guys that you mentioned, um, they've come off the bench and done a, a great job uh, defensively stepping up. When you when you look at those names, you think to yourself, well, we're, we don't expect these guys to be able to score for us and, and uh, consistently and help us win in that way. But defensively they can. And so uh, that's what they've been able to do. Um, uh, the defense has gone to another level. They, uh, they, they get deflections and create uh, fast break opportunities, easier opportunities on on the offensive end. So they figure out ways to to score, even though they struggle on that end of the court. And so, uh, but the reserves have been doing a good job on the defensive end, uh, stepping in. Uh, he is Walt Williams. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Well, there's something that jumped out at me in the Indiana game, and I, you know, again, coaches take timeouts. It's not like. Uh, Kevin Willard is reinventing the wheel by taking a timeout. Coaches take timeouts. But at 22-15, that timeout seemed to be, to me, one of like the statement things about Kevin Willard is knowing the moment and understanding, having a feel for the game and where things are going and when it's appropriate to do something. Because it wasn't like things were really getting away from them necessarily. It wasn't like they were on the wrong end of a, a 10-0 run. It just sort of had the feel of, hey, we need to stop this for a second and regroup. And they come out of that, and they go on something like, I think it was a 15-4 to run themselves on the other side of that timeout. How many times this season have you noticed with Kevin Willard just there, there seems like there is a feel for games, particularly these, you know, these games at home, where he's pushing the right button at the right time. Well, I think he has a good pulse, uh, a good feel for his team. 
and understanding uh, what's supposed to, how they are supposed to execute out there, especially on the defensive end. When you take a, you take for instance uh, the Indiana game in that timeout, uh, he talked about being more aggressive on the double teams and the rotations, how it, it how it needed to work. They were not executing up until that point. And uh, uh, once they went over things in, in detail a little bit to kind of remind and refresh guys, and they seemed to uh, uh, be able to execute better. Um, they were very aggressive on double teams, um, coming high, making uh, Jackson Davis make uh, uh, tough decisions. And, and that, that was the uh, difference maker. They started to create turnovers. And, uh, you know, they were able to get into the paint late in the game. You saw Dante Scott started, uh, start to uh, take his guy, back his guy in, and uh, create uh, opportunities in the paint for himself as well. So, uh, like I said, they, they just started to attack the basket. But specifically in that timeout, it was the adjustments. Uh, and, and I think that uh, Coach Willard does a great job of assessing what's going out going out there, uh, how his team is supposed to execute, what, what his expectations are based on the practices and, and uh, going over things. And, and when he doesn't see that, he will call a timeout and, and go over those things and make, make sure that they're executing properly. You know, you all were, of course, part of significantly of sort of laying the foundation for a coach and the success that was to come. You know, obviously – maybe the most important part of laying the foundation for a coach and the success that was to come. Do you sense any amount with this team of like pride in being the first team with a new coach? And again, like this team's not going to win a national championship this year, but I know what it means to you. You've talked about it over the years, like that, that you guys change the culture of Maryland basketball. You know, your arrival in so many ways changed the culture. Do you sense a similarity with this team this year and the significance of kind of being the team that changed the culture to get Maryland basketball back to where it ultimately is supposed to be, even if they're, these players specifically might not be a part of where they ultimately get? Well, I think what helps uh, give you that narrative is, uh, you know, we're looking back at things in retrospect. So I think it remains to be seen. Um, but at, at the same token, I could see these kids uh, going the extra mile, you know, uh, especially on the defensive end. They they play so hard, whoever comes into that game, and, and, and they're giving 110% effort out there, and, and that's what you want. Of course, you're going to go out there and you play uh, for yourself and play for your family and your teammates and things like that, but when you have a little extra in the tank to give for your, for your coaches and, and things like that, that really lends to being able to uh, recruit later and, and, and having uh, uh, the foundation for a long, long-term success. So off to a great start right now. Um, you look at this team and you don't think of it as a, a team, like you say, that's a championship caliber team. Uh, they are a little offensive, offensively challenged, right. but uh, they have been doing They have been giving a great effort. Um, they're in the middle of the pack right here in a, in a tough Big Ten conference. And so uh, um, they, they're doing a, a pretty good job right now, and, and, and hopefully uh, the best is yet to come. And, and to the point, well, like, it, I think that this fan base is feeling something about this team right now, right? Like, they, again, nobody is confused. Nobody is pretending like this is one of the top ten teams in the country. But it feels like there's a fan base, certainly the students, there is life in the buildings, right, for these home games. It feels like there is something happening with, you know, you brought up Jameer Young as such an exciting player, right? Like, and is, 
you know, it's it's cool that he's from here and this matters to him and he's doing something at home, right? Like, I it, it just feels like there's something real about this team that can't just be defined by, you know, do they go and make a run to the, you know, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight. It feels like there's something about this Maryland basketball team that is proving there is a foundation or there's a, you know, I like to use the term, there's a there there. Well, they, they have, uh, they play with a lot of energy, great energy, uh, you know, uh, the University of Maryland, I mean, the, the halftime spectacle that they put on is just probably second to none in the nation. So uh, the, 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 the uh, interaction of the crowd is just always there as well. And so you blend those two together and it, it makes for an exciting night. But also you look at, you talk about a Jameer Young, uh, a Julian Reese. These guys are from here. Yeah. Uh, you look at the future, the guys that they have been recruiting that's coming uh, you know, in in the uh, next year and things like that. When you when you can recruit locally and and consistently do that, um, I mean, we have the best players in the nation in the country. And so, when you can consistently recruit from here, uh, I think you put yourself in a pretty good position. And so, they off to a good start. And I think that um, the fans as well, when you're familiar with, with guys on that level. Of, of them being from your community, I, I think that makes it even more solid. I know uh, when we play games, you look at a guy like Coach Williams, who's a turb, and then you look at the players he recruited, local guys. Yep. Um, you know, just just the momentum of the fan support will be there when you do things like there, that. There's no doubt, man. This is extraordinarily significant. All right, uh, I have to get your opinion because we didn't get a lot of chance to talk about it this week. I need to know what you thought of that scene over the weekend with LeBron James collapsing on the floor out of frustration about not getting a foul called. Like, I, I know that you probably had to be frustrated a time or two during your own NBA career, but, like, this is LeBron James. What, yeah. what did you well, make of you that? What, well, you know, uh, I think I think that lends to uh, how serious it is out there, man, his emotions into the game. As a fan, you watch the game, and sometimes you can just get over things, but when you're actually into that, in that action, it's a lot tougher, especially when you care to that degree. And so, uh, man, his reaction was definitely uh, um, exacerbated, uh, you know, because he, he, he got fouled. You know, that was the – the, the uh, legitimacy of it all. He got fouled, but at the same time, he is a leader of the team, and it looked a little weird that <laughs> the, the team was consoling him and trying to get him ready to, to let, let's, you know, let's get, let's shake it off and get back into it. That's normally the role that he should be playing. So that, that looked a little bit weird there that his teammates had to come to, <laughs> to him and kind of get him back into it. Look, it's LeBron James we're talking about, man. I'm not trying to, I want to make it very clear. I'm not trying to do like a dumb, <laughs> you know, a, this Skip Bayless bit where I pretend like LeBron James isn't the greatest player. It was just a lot. Like it was a <laughs> lot. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday, like, bro, you're LeBron James, man. Like it's gonna be okay. I <laughs> well, oh. you know, hey, you look at it in the grand scheme of thing, things, absolutely. But in that moment, you know, hey, it's so, sometimes it gets the best of. I hear you. Know? you. I hear you. All right, yep. Uh, yep. where where can people find out more about Clutch Vodka if they want to know where they can go find Clutch Vodka? What's uh, give me like the website, the social? Where can people find out yes. more? So Instagram and Facebook, you go to at Clutch Vodka on Twitter. It's uh, at Clutch Spirits. And uh, you can go to our website, uh, clutchspirits.com, 
and you'll be able to find out uh, all the local uh, stores that it's in. Of course, he's on Twitter, at WaltTheWizard42 is how you find him. Maryland, Minnesota, Saturday night, uh, 105.7 The Fan locally. Walt, appreciate you as always, my friend. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, dude. All right. Anytime, buddy. It's Walt Williams, the wizard, with us here on GCR, uh, talking some Terps. I, we didn't really talk about the LeBron James thing. I'm not trying to kill LeBron James, man. He's LeBron James. But damn, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. And what, again, I'm not going to argue with Walt, but what he said was that he cares so much. What about all the other nights that they're down 20 and then he's leaving the court early, you know, not even yeah, shaking I mean, hands with players after the game because they're losing a lot. Like, this is I, it's well, not look, like they're, 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 they're bad. Occurrence. There's no question. Yeah. This team is bad, right? So and if he cares so much, or does he care to show his displeasure because it's the Celtics, it's yeah. national well, TV, because it was it's ABC ESPN? Game, right? Yeah. yeah. That's um, like one of their few games that's like a litmus test. That like, matter, but, yeah, that but they're not they making can, like, the playoffs. They can delusionally think like they can still hang with like the teams in the league. Yeah, they and, beat and the and Celtics that night. I, like I also, about, oh, right, he puts up a trouble double against a mid Knicks team at but Madison I'll also, Square Garden. I'll like, give, I'll give him a pass. One again because he's LeBron James, and you know he's LeBron James. Like, like we we do have to keep this in perspective. But I'll give him a bit of a pass for that. Doesn't mean that in that moment he doesn't care, right? Like it, you, to say he doesn't care at all. I, I'll make a comparison. Tennis players. This is the sport that I care about. I will. There will be times where it will be frustrating because I will see a player that could track down a ball and he chooses not to try to track the ball down, right? Like, just is willing to give up a winner. Have you seen Aaron Hicks play left field? <laughs> different story, <laughs> yeah. different story. But I get frustrated about it, and I understand that at a certain level, you kind of have to make choices, right? Um, I was not going to win that point. Like, I could have kept it alive, and the argument somebody would always say is you never give up on anything because you never know. Maybe that you hit a lob back and the next, you know, that player misses an open shot and you could have stolen the win on that point. I'm not going to beat LeBron James up for his actions when his team is down 20 because, like, you know, you're not going to win. But they were trying to win on Saturday night, obviously. And to the point where, yes, I think we all saw it. It's not the most egregious missed foul call in the history of basketball, but... That probably was a foul. It was a foul, but it was the most egregious reaction to a foul. It was the most <laughs> egregious reaction. And again, how many times have we said we would kind of like it if you didn't call fouls in these situations and just let guys go out and play, right? Like, right. Th- this is where we change our opinion about a subject a million times. If we, if you're a Lakers fan, you're furious that that they didn't, you didn't get that call on Saturday night. But if you're a Celtics fan, you say, well, of course. You, let the guys play. You don't make that call in that situation in a game. Like, it's right, but that's not, and fl- it, it's no, a foul, and you're angry. I, but take 100%. it out in overtime and go win the game. I, I get it. I get it. It was theatric. It was way over the top. And by the way, it's actually really funny because I was playing 2K last night, yeah. and LeBron fouled me. I was playing against the Lakers, and LeBron fouls. <laughs> it's a big moment in sports is, history. But Rami's this is hilarious because 2K, 2K has him react. He also starts jumping up and Shut down. Shut up. I promise you. I'll tweet out the video That's right now. Funny. That is yeah. pretty funny. That is pretty I, funny. I hit X too they didn't, soon. They didn't, so they didn't, they didn't, full, they didn't they update didn't do the banging it. on the floor or They whatever. didn't update it. No, after. they already had this in the uh, game, so like pretty, they know that he does this. That's pretty great. That is pretty great. Look, man, I, I don't really, I really don't care that much. I just genuinely don't care that much about whether or not LeBron James loses his mind because of a foul call it was it it was perfect fodder for twitter of course it was perfect fodder for our society and making memes and doing oh my god by the way there is nothing better than the memes this week about the nfl being rigged 
the the thing that the, script writers. Oh my god, the the Arian Foster bit from the other day where he joked about the NFL being scripted, and now everyone on Twitter. It's like one of the most watched videos on Twitter right now. It's it is. Crazy. It's the great, but it's it, so like, funny. I love it. it. That was silly. Like that was. It, it, yeah, it, they're making a joke. It's it's and it's not. It wasn't all that clever. It's the same thing that a lot of us made jokes about over the years. It's the all of the the follow up, all of the quote tweets this week. Emmanuel Acho, of, I thought was very funny, every, self deprecating. Everyone yeah. sharing their re, you know their reactions to yeah. you know like somebody reading the script. Of Zach Wilson when he sees he has to you know <laughs> Mark Sanchez when he gets the script for, for Thanksgiving yeah, night exactly. right like it's all so of those good. things. It's all of it. It's so good. That's been the best thing on Twitter all week. Like, by far, so, yeah. the, the best, best part. part of the Foster video is the large macro dosing poster in the background. Well, that's the name like, of the podcast. And, but that even feeds more into the joke. Like, how yeah. did right. you even Correct. take it seriously? Yeah. Correct. Like, the fact, yeah, yes. some people are taking it seriously. It's, it's, that's it's the a, funnier part. It, isn't that show yeah. about conspiracy theories? Yes, exactly. Like, isn't that? Yeah. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, but I don't think that, I think it's a very small percentage of people that, that, that weren't in on the joke. Twitter has been very in on the joke, and it's been great. It's yeah. been wonderful. Have you seen the Margot Robbie one going around? Also, that that's oh a yeah, everybody's dating, yeah, Margot everyone's Robbie, dating Margot Robbie. Yeah. Margot Robbie. So that's like that I saw a few people who aren't in on it also, and it's like uh, okay, that's, how is that possible? Yeah, like, like, like she's dating out. a drummer from yeah, Fish, exactly, or, like or like right, you know yeah. the backup shortstop on the Orioles. Correct, yeah. correct. That one isn't really all that clever. It's just the same joke over and over. Yeah, and over but that's again. Twitter. <laughs> but but the stuff with the Arian Foster thing has been clever. Like there have been a lot of people like, uh, uh, God, what was the, who was the guy from Philly? Riley Cooper practicing his script after he found out that he was going to go yell the N word at everybody. Yeah, right. Like, I, and I, I was just looking at a, a Nick Bosa one too. There's a, bu- yeah, yeah. Cody Parkey of- trying to double doink yeah. the kick, you know? Um, Oh God. Who, uh, uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Hernandez reading the script. Right. For exactly. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Another one, Jason Pierre Paul, like a video of like <laughs> yeah, Hannibal yeah, Burst yeah. looking yeah. at his hands and yeah. Jason Pierre Paul read the script. <laughs> right. like, Those yeah. are wonderful. Those are such good, and they're creative, and they're clever. That that is why Twitter should exist. Is yep. for that 100%. this week. It's been the best thing entirely by far. All right. Um. There, I did. Did you get? Did I send you this audio? Um. Today. I. There's apparently some audio. I haven't sent it to you. Remind me during the commercial break. I sent it to you. There's apparently some audio of a PA announcer at a high school game telling the entire crowd to shut up, and I want to hear it. Right. I want to hear if it's good. So. We're going to ch- listen to that. Brandon Williams is going to join us in a minute as uh, he's going to be playing in the Super Bowl. The former Raven is headed to the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. Today's show is brought to you by ooh, the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed it early in the week, Stan and Luke Jackson caught up to discuss where the Orioles are as we think they're done for the offseason now that they've added Cole Irvin. And then tonight, uh, Stan and Gary are going to do a show about uh, sports memorabilia with uh, Danny Black from Baltimore Sports Collectibles. That's all on coming up tonight, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it there, you can see it tomorrow, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. Brandon Williams coming up next, Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest and I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, do you have this uh, video that I sent you, Rami? So uh, this was apparently at a, a high school basketball game in Wisconsin. And there was a controversial call near the end of the game. And the PA announcer is very aggressive in his message to the fans in attendance. Very, very aggressive in what it is that he has to say to those that are complaining about it. Oh, oh okay. Give it one. It's fine. It's, it's, life goes on. It would always be great. I should have prepared this ahead of time, and I should have recorded the audio and sent it to you that way. These things happen, such as... This is this would never be allowed on 1057 the fan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We're not there. The We're video here. buffering is uh illegal there. <laughs> what is what is that? What is going on with the internet today? Do you I mean, yeah. I'd forget it. We'll do it after. Let's why don't we talk to Brandon Williams okay. and maybe we can try the video afterwards. I can you know what? I can just pull the audio for you. Boy, it's going to be a huge setup for something that's not the greatest audio in the history of all time. This better be fantastic. I disappoint. We might just have to blow it up and move on. Um, all right, we had to do this a little bit earlier on it because he's uh, got to practice with his team and get ready for, you know, a Super Bowl in about 10 days. But an opportunity to catch up with one of my favorite uh, former Ravens, Brandon Williams from the Kansas City Chiefs right here on GCR. 
man, I am so excited to catch up with our next guest here on GCR. Uh, love this dude. He, his family, they've been good to us. And now he gets to play in a Super Bowl, which is just so freaking cool, man. Obviously, we wish it would have happened in Baltimore, but the fact that it's happening, I, I can't say enough how happy I am for Brandon Williams, the Kansas City Chiefs, who is back with us now here on GCR. Big baby, what's going on, dude? How are you? Good, man. How's it going? Everything, How you doing? Man, everything is good. I, I got to tell you, it's this is selfish personally. Every time we get I, – I see this picture pop up. I've told the story a billion times. One of my favorite moments ever. My first son had just been born, and you and I were out at Box Hill Pizzeria. And during a commercial break, my buddy said, hey, I think he's hungry. You should probably feed him. And I said, all right, no problem. And you said, yep. nope. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and there's this picture, you holding my my now seven-year-old son, and and he's he's the size of your bicep. <laughs> oh, my God, man. It gives me so much joy every oh, time. Oh, man. I remember that. That was a fun day. That was a fun night. It was a great was day. Good. And it showed me everything I need to know about you as a dude. And I, I got to know you and Alyssa and your family. And, I, bro, I'm so happy for you, man. I if we can take this back, like if I talked to you on Halloween and I said to mm-hmm. you then, Brandon, I've seen the future. You're going to be playing in the Super Bowl this year. What would you have said to me then? Uh, shut your mouth and that you're lying. Get the heck <laughs> out of here. Because uh, I'm just chilling on my couch. So uh, I, I definitely didn't see this coming. But, uh, man, it's totally a blessing. We're- definitely a blessing. I'm take in every moment of it. Were were you convinced? Like, I, 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 go me again. Take me back to October. Did you just sort of assume at that point a phone call wasn't coming? Like, had you mentally prepared yourself for this might be the end of my career? Actually, yeah, I was actually in that mode. I was like right at that point of just like, you know what? We're getting late in the season. Trades and all that stuff are pretty much almost done. So at this point, you know, I'm, I'll be fine with nine. You know, I'm good. You know, every every goal I wanted to, you know, kind of conquer for my fan was already done. So at that point, this was just more of a, a goal for me and uh, to keep playing. And I just didn't feel done after my, my last season in Baltimore. So, I mean, but at the same time, I was just, you know, coming to grips with just, you know, it's okay. You know, I am, you know, I'm Brandon Williams. I'm not football. So. It's all good. I, I appreciate that, man. So so when the phone call comes, like, is there any part of you that said, you know, I, I kind of had mentally prepared myself for it to be over? Was it was it the first time you got the call, dude, I'm on the plane, let's go, <laughs> like, I'm out of here? Or did you have to think about it a yeah. little bit? Um, first time I got a call, actually, it was, like, nerve-wracking. It was, like, bittersweet because I was like, man, dude, I just got in the mode of, like, coming <laughs> down off this, you know, all right, we're done. And now I'm getting, like, ramped back up to, like, all right, man, I got a chance to play again. You know, I got a chance to get my 10th year. So, but at the same time, I took a couple days and just kind of thought about it and just kind of, you know, did my little come to Jesus moment and woosahs and all that stuff like that. And uh, I realized I really missed the game and I wanted to come back and play. So, I mean, it it was, in in the end, I picked a great choice, you know, (laughs) I did it right. (laughs) I mean, look again, we are selfishly, I wish it would have been in purple, but it's what it is. We understand Brandon Williams with us on GCR for you. I I know it's not home home, right? Cause I get that. Like it's a couple hours away from home. But right. to be in Missouri, to be back that way, and to be, you know, have that be where 
this this gets to happen where you get to go, you know, be in an AFC championship game and go to a Super Bowl. Is there something about that that makes it even more special? Yeah, it is, man. It, it is. I mean, my whole life has been Missouri. Um, you know, I went to high school, grew up in St. Louis, then went to college down in Missouri Southern. You know, actually, you know, the, 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 the school that, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs play against Missouri Western, I played against them all the time in college. So it's crazy, you know, um, to just come back and just it come pretty much full circle and be here in Kansas City and finally, you know, my 10th year, you know, having my goal with this great team and, you know, head to the Super Bowl now. It's just uh, it's a dream, dream come true. You know, all my uh, buddies in high school were calling me and just like, dude, man, I remember when we used to sit up and talk late nights and you, we all thought we was going to make it to the NFL and like, man, you're here. Wow. And I was just like reminiscing, like, man, dude, it's, it's crazy, like, you know, that, that they bring me down to back to earth and it's like, man, I'm pinching myself, like, this is actually happening. That's so cool, so, man. That's so cool. The, um, the emo, uh, you, you get to the end of the game on Sunday, right? And like, can you can you tell me what that feeling is like? Like, obviously, winning any football game is fun, but the moment you realize, like, it becomes real. The kick goes through, and you guys got to go down. You got to cover a kickoff. But like, the moment it hits you, like, oh my god, I'm going to a Super Bowl. Can you describe what that feeling is like? I am not gonna lie, man. I was like a deer in headlights. I felt like Ricky Bobby and Tally Day at night. I just don't know what to do with my hands right now. <laughs> you know, like. I'm at a point like in nine years, and it's the first time you know I forgot this. First time I'm going to the Super Bowl, so I mean, all this is new to me. So I'm just soaking it in as I go. I don't know what to expect, but I'm just enjoying the journey. Man, uh, did, did you? Can you admit? Because I know you're an emotional person, right? Like I, it's one of the things I like most about you. Yeah. Can you admit whether there might have been like a tear that was shed at some point on Sunday? I mean, you know, uh, you know, uh, there might have been a couple drops. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, save that. Finally, everything coming down. It was probably like two, three o'clock in the morning. I wasn't sleeping yet. Just still, just rem- you know, you have a ruminating thoughts and all that stuff. Just going over the whole game and just it just started, you know, just it just started coming down, man. Just wow. just crying, just like from all the all the pain, all the blood, sweat, and tears, all the everything going on through life and finally you know all that to get to this moment you know it's it's truly a blessing man you've uh you've had to chase down patrick mahomes um and and that offense a couple times in the last few years right you guys you guys yeah. had some some hell of battles over the last couple of years um yeah, it is. How, how much nicer is it to not have to go after that dude <laughs> like i mean dude seeing seeing him up close and personal in practice man I mean, definitely, I mean, it was a fun time chasing after him, but watching him do what he does on the sideline is a lot better. <laughs> I mean, I can, o- I can only imagine. I can only imagine how much more pl- – I mean, it's there are times still. And, like, we could even – I think everybody watching could tell he wasn't 100% on Sunday. And yet, watching him – and, you know, you we've had, a joy, of course, the joy of watching Lamar. Like, we've had plenty of joy yeah. watching Lamar in Baltimore. But seeing that dude contort his body and throw backwards across the field, where clearly yeah. he's in miserable pain, like it's, dude, I don't even know how to explain it. Like there's just something you feel like you're watching, I, I don't know, Da Vinci or something like that in those moments. 
Aquarium, man. It's, it's crazy to see him. I mean, I used to think that no-look pass was just like something that, you know, lucky, you know, backyard football happened. Like, that stuff happens, like, every day in practice. Like, that stuff is, like, a ritual. That's awesome. So, I mean, to see that happen and to see him, you know, just be as great as he is, I mean, every day, I mean, it, it's a sight to see. It's awesome, man. Just another minute here with Brandon Williams. He's getting ready for the Super Bowl as the Kansas City Chiefs are AFC champions. Um, Brandon, like, I, I guess I would be remiss if I didn't ask, like, do, do you say, Hey, if I, if I win it, like that would probably be a pretty great way to go out. Like, do you think about that at all? Or do you still just sort of keep it on a, a day-to-day thing at the moment? I mean, at this, at this time, I'm taking it day-to-day, you know, I've, um, ever since I got in the league, I've always said I want to do 10 years and we'll see what happens after that. And I think at this point, you know, I've hit 10 years and right now my body feels good. So who knows what happens in the future? But uh, right now, I'm just taking it day by day and enjoying this uh, this roller coaster ride. Uh, doing it with Orlando Brown. I don't know how close you guys were here, <laughs> but like it, it had to be pretty cool to to be back with that dude down there. Oh yeah, my man, Big Drip, Big Orlando. He's a great guy, man. Coming in, seeing him. I mean, it's I'm happy for him and the progress he's made coming in football. I mean. Just being in this moment together, you know, having a guy who's from Baltimore, who played in Baltimore, who's got so many ties to Baltimore, you know, just seeing him here in Kansas City and kind of going through through this with him here is uh, is amazing. That's awesome. And then the most important question, uh, did you take over locker room DJ responsibilities when you showed up in Kansas City? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I used to have the boom boxes rocking in Baltimore, but uh, this ain't, you know, my full team, so, I mean, I'm, I'm – I sneak in there every now and again. I play with my head. <laughs> Mostly, this other guy's grabbing the mic, so it's all good. There was a moment, by the way, where Tyus told me, "Like, bro, the thing about Baby is being DJ is you never knew what he was about to play. Like, <laughs> it, uh, uh, oh yeah, be, I'm all over. Right. I'm all over the board with it. Man. I got Rolodex of all kind of music. Anything that gets me going is what I'm listening to, and I don't care what you say about it. No, I and that's exactly the way that Tyus explained it to me. By the way, he was like, <laughs> nobody else in the locker room might want to hear it. He didn't care. That's what he wanted to hear. That no, moment. I'm gonna talk louder. Oh, care. that's so awesome, dude. Seriously, I can't tell you how happy I am for you. I, I again, I'll say it a million times. I wish it was in Baltimore, but it's awesome that you get to have this opportunity uh, to go win a Super Bowl, man. I it would it would uh, damn near bring a tear to my eye to see that play out for you and you holding up that trophy at the end of the day, Brandon. Brandon, congratulations, brother. Seriously, major congratulations to you. Uh, best to you, your family. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. It's been a dream. It's been a blessing, man. I appreciate you giving me this call, man. Hey, uh, to the Baltimore fans who still you know, support me, man, I appreciate you guys for still supporting me, man. Thank you so much. Brandon Williams with us here on GCR. I always got frustrated in the last couple of years when when people would try to disparage Brandon Williams, essentially because he wasn't Aaron Donald. Like, there was this thought that, like, the moment that you paid Brandon Williams, he was supposed to become Aaron Donald. And it always drove me nuts because every time Brandon Williams would miss a game, you would see how drastically worse the defense was against the run, right? Like, Nick Chubb, when Brandon Williams wasn't on the field, gashed the Ravens. When Brandon Williams was on the field, not the story. So I'd always get very frustrated when people would try to talk to me about Brandon Williams. Like, well, all he is is a run stopper. Like, yeah, he's pretty damn good at it. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I get it. Like, I, I think we've completely lost the ability to judge what a football player is because Aaron Donald is an alien. Like, Aaron Donald is just not human. So now every defensive tackle is either Aaron Donald or their 
replaceable, right? Like, either you're that or you're just a guy. There's a big difference between those things. Like, I like Justin Matabike. I, I think Justin Matabike is a player, and he does do a few more things in the backfield than Brandon Williams did, but he's not. Brandon Williams would take on double teams on every play. On every play. And that's the thing that people don't see, because they see the guy coming around the edge to get the sack. Exactly. The reason he got the sack because someone else was in the middle taking up two guys. I mean, that's yeah. the story. And you did not run on the Ravens when Brandon Williams was on the field. Um, you know, again, we can always have opinions about where you spend your money and, you know, like, do you just accept the fact that maybe you're not going to be quite as good against the run and you shouldn't have spent – like, you can have plenty of opinions about that. I just – it always bothered me when Ravens fans would disparage Brandon Williams, again, specifically because he wasn't Aaron Donald. <laughs> that That's it. He wasn't Aaron Donald. And maybe you could go as far as to say he wasn't Haloti Nada. Like, fine, sure. Again, it's a pretty freaking high standard that we're talking about when it comes to those players. No, no one at a higher standard than Aaron Donald, who, again, is you know one of the greatest football players that has ever lived. Um, thank you to Brandon Williams for taking the time for us. So, I don't know. Rami is obsessed with... Pull the curtain back for those that don't know. Rami's a Yankees fan. I like him anyway. Like, By the way, I don't say that often on, on the fan. When we're on the you, fan, I you, do not as say As you it. shouldn't. Yeah. As you shouldn't. Um, so Rami's very excited about Derek Jeter being on this. No. When I first came in, I said, who buys the game with but, the other cover? Like pays the extra, sometimes even double what the cost of the game. Is that by the, I assume that's why he was on whatever show he was on last night. Yeah, Fallon the, took it yeah, out, and yeah. it was a whole thing. So, I watch it, by the way. So I, it's this is it's ironic. I am doing a for the next print issue of Press Box. I of course I do on for page fifteen of every issue, the fifteen, and it's always kind of our silly list that we do for every magazine. And in honor of uh, Tom Brady's retirement, this month it's the the rivals we re- begrudgingly respected. And oh man, I'll give I'll give away I'll read because there are a couple Yankees that made the list, right? Like I'm not going to give away the whole list, but just for fun. Rivera. Rivera is absolutely on the list. I was talking about yesterday. Is um, Joey Porter on there? Not a chance in hell. <laughs> Charles. You ben Roethlisberger. Under, not a chance in <laughs> all about Harrison? James Harrison is on the list. I'm not going to – you can't get me to give away the entire list, right? But James Harrison, we talk – and I, by the way, I referenced the conversation that we had. Hang Ryan on a second. Clark? Uh, like Ryan Clark? I like Ryan Clark, but Ryan Clark was never like a r- – significant enough right. as a player to kind of – so You're more I, like Antonio it's, Brown. It's so yeah. funny you bring this up. The, the, the sentence. Recently, I was trying to explain to a young Ravens fan, my producer Griffin Bass, about how the Ravens drafting Penn State cornerback Joey Porter Jr. would be one of the wildest moments in football history, considering his father was perhaps the most hated player in the history of the Ravens-Steelers rivalry. Not understanding the history, he asked, even more than James Harrison? I paused and thought, I'm not really sure that we ever particularly hated James Harrison. So funny. Like I literally referenced that conversation right here. Um, Mariana Rivera. Again, I'll give it away. You might notice that Derek Jeter isn't on this list. I actually think there was a time in his career that Orioles fans kind of are too spected the guy. But as we watched a player whose career war was almost the exact same as Bobby Gritch get treated like he was somehow baseball's version of Michael Jordan, it broke us. We really hated how dramatically overrated he was. So I'll give you one moment in my life that I was there in person that, to me, defines Derek mm-hmm. Jeter. Okay, mm-hmm. Derek Jeter comes back from injury in I think it was 2013 or 2014, probably 2013. He comes back against the Tampa Bay Rays. 
Um, I was at the game. They announced like shortly before the game that he's coming off the injured list, and he's batting second. And on the first pitch he sees, he hits an opposite field home run off Matt Moore. He had been struggling all years before he had his 3,000th hit, so he was slumping a little bit. But it was almost like you knew that he was going to come up, and on the first pitch he was going to hit an opposite field home run. Every single time, everything he did was scripted. It was crazy. <laughs> like like Arian Foster scripted? <laughs> it felt that way. The way he started his career, there's something to respect about that, right? Like Tom Brady, you can nitpick every single one of his championships. And this is what we were talking about off air. We were talking about this earlier with Stephen A. and, mm-hmm. and, and Mike Francesa going back and forth. Brady didn't have the best arm, right? He didn't have... He wasn't. He never led the league in passing yards or passing touchdowns or anything like that. He wasn't a great. He got very explosive deeper into his career. He became for, for that very explosive. There was a stretch there where he career. was, but yes. the point was, and and then you could look at wow the the, the comeback against the Falcons. If yes. they get one first down, that game is over, right? You th- talk about the. There's so many ways that the, the Tuck rule. But we game, could do that right? with a lot of people. The man. point <laughs> is like, right. That's my point. My point is, I'm not. I think they're similar in the way that Derek Jeter, no matter what, was always winning at the end. And I know it's more of a team sport and you're not the quarterback, but it felt like he was in the middle of every single well, one but of those that, moments. It wasn't necessarily true as his career went on. That was far for truer at the beginning of his career than it was at the end of for his career. For 15 years. I mean, 2009, yeah. he won again, right? Right, but so that like, was after nine years where he hadn't, you know? like Oh, so nine years is now a I, long time and I, he made two World Series R- in between Rami, those nine years? You're getting years? very defensive. I'm I'm asking. <laughs> I'm I'm saying it was that eight years that the, he didn't the comparison win. to Tom Brady would be that Tom Brady won throughout his career. He won Tom the Brady, beginning of his career. He Tom Brady didn't win for a bunch of years in the middle, also where yeah, he I lost to the Giants like twice. Yeah, and he lost to the Giants. Well, twice. yeah, okay, fine. He made the World Series. He lost. Give me the give me the actual number between okay, the Super Bowl titles. Oh, the actual between no. between the third and the fourth Super Bowl title being the longest drought for Tom Brady. I don't think it was ten years, but it was two thousand and three. Was the because they lost the Giants in the seven and eleven. Yes, correct. So the 08 Super Bowl. So I believe that we were looking at more like oh six to from two thousand and five to two thousand fifteen. Ten years. So really, ten years. Yeah. It's kind of stunning. I didn't realize it was actually 10 so years. So Jeter, in between, made it twice, right? In 01 and 03, right. he made it and right. lost. Yep. And then in 09, he won again. Okay, but I'm not still really sure what we're trying to say. My point is that sometimes the guy, you talked about war, sometimes the guy who isn't the most, yeah, A-Rod was a much better player than Derek sure. Jeter was. Sure, Yeah, but that's not to say that Derek Jeter wasn't great. Well, but, he was great also, but he was also, but he was also on the benefit of being on really good teams too. Like there's a lot of that that goes right, into it. Right, but he was it. also, and Tom Brady had the greatest coach, one of the greatest coaches. Well, yeah, the greatest NFL coach, history. but you know, like Tom Brady also overcame, like he's, again, we bring up uh, Patrick Mahomes this year, but Tom Brady is one of the, he won the Super Bowl the year that he had no wide receivers and Rob Gronkowski got hurt. Like that's really Agreed. the most dramatic thing that a quarterback has ever done. And, and even a baseball more player so can't do that. There's not one baseball correct. player who can do that. I get correct. it. It's more of a team sport. It's different. But right. the point is that maybe he's not not the middle of everything maybe he's not the person making everything happen but yet he somehow I, always found his way I, to be in the middle of every big play and every big moment uh, and win but somebody would say the same thing about Robert Ori right like and I'm not trying to say that Robert Ori and Derek Jeter are the same as baseball players but like the the frustrating part for the rest of the country is we understand why Michael Jordan gets the Michael Jordan treatment he's Michael Jordan like agree he's the guy yep Derek Jeter wasn't Derek Jeter was an... It was also the way he carried himself it, and all that. He yeah. created a persona. Yeah, he created something, and it was 100%. in the New York market, which as we, we had this conversation yesterday... Right, if he was in Kansas City, it's correct. a different career. It, it, yeah. He would not be treated like this guy. The, the facts about Derek Jeter, the baseball player, do not stand up to the idea that not only was he not the greatest player of a generation, he's he's not one of the top ten greatest players of his own generation. But you just said this generation. with Brandon Williams. 
that people, that people who don't watch it don't understand, right? They're like they see the other but guys. There's getting a the difference sack. between saying Derek Jeter stinks. Nobody's trying to suggest that Derek Jeter stinks. Like if you are, you're terribly wrong. The frustrating part again, because I, I do it, I mean what I said. I think there was a point in Derek. Is he Jeter's, not a first ballot Hall of Famer? No, he's a first ballot Hall yeah, of Famer. Okay. It was patently absurd that people were talking about him as being a unanimous Hall of Famer. That's nuts. Nuts. Insane in comparison to how many players were drastically better than he but was. But you're splitting hairs at that point. Sniff it. It, whether he's a first ballot or a I, unanimous I understand first ballot. that. Like, I understand that. A hundred percent. He is a very good baseball player in history. And I argue with not only you, but young Yankee fans about this. Yankee fans who didn't grow up watching him. To me, it's just crazy. Who don't have those memories of it felt like every time he did something, you had to pinch yourself and like, I, is this real? The thing, the way that we feel about Derek Jeter is not Derek Jeter's fault. Right, it's not his fault that he was propped up like he was the it's baseball was version of Michael Jordan. Yeah. It was the machine that was created. It was the hilarity of ESPN announcing they were going to do a seven-part series about Derek Jeter and thinking that anyone outside of New York gave a rat's ass about it. Well, February again, sports talk in Baltimore. This is great. <laughs> I mean, this is what we do, right? Well, this is why this is the column that I'm doing this yeah. month, right? And I mean it. Like there was a time in 2000 and 2001, something like that. If I had done this list, Derek Jeter probably would have been on the list. Yeah. Because when you watch that era of Yankees, you just sort of said, "Hey, he plays hard. He's a he's a nice player. Like, you know, respect. Like, you know, tip your cap." But then yep. it became this machine that tried to prop up Derek Jeter. Like he was Barry Bonds, like he was Mike Trout, like he was actually one of the great baseball players of an era. Not the greatest. He was one of the great baseball yep. players of an era. But one of the greatest baseball players of the era. But that's and the point. It was, was absurd. Was, you know, Tom Brady played in a league where first Peyton was better than him. And then, you know, their argument, I, I, I Breeze saw was the, better I at saw times. The Rodgers was better yeah, at times. There were moments. He was but, never the best But, but, but in any you're also comparing season. the quarterback position. You're I get it. comparing yes, a position where that. you control the totality of what's going on in the field. Where when you tried it, the way that we attempted to diminish Tom Brady was to say, like, for the beginning of his career, he was more of a game manager. And he I think was Jeter's more like Kobe. I think that's the comparison. Because he had the L.A. market. He oh, took a ton of shots. It's an, inter it's an interesting comparison. I don't think he was quite as good. Like, I... I think that that's a little bit disrespectful. I don't, you know, clearly Kobe wasn't Michael Jordan. Like, we all know right. that. He but, wasn't LeBron either. But Kobe was still elevated over. Was the, Kobe ever the best in the league at any point in his career? Was he ever, like, clearly the best player? Yeah, there was a, there was a, there was a like, minute. Tim there was, Duncan was probably. But they were so, they did such different things, right? Like, it's a very difficult thing right, to compare. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Right? And like, it's difficult to compare a power forward to a, a, a three that was really a two, right? Like, Kobe Bryant was a two that was playing three. Right, but he it's was Kobe. A shooting First, guard. he had Shaq, and he had a good team then, and he had, then he had the later teams, obviously, with Gasol and those guys. So, like, the point is, well, it, yeah, it's I mean, kind of similar, and he, but he was propped up because he was in L.A., and there was... I, I, I'm still... I He was... I don't know where he would have been. He would have been in the if at well, he would have been in Charlotte, right? Yeah, he could have <laughs> been in Charlotte. I'm saying he was a top two or three player if he wasn't the best player in the NBA. Derek Jeter wasn't a top five player at any point during his Major League Baseball career. He was a good player, a damn good hitter, a good player. He was not a good defensive player. Should have won the player. 09 uh, MVP over Dustin Pedroia, but yeah. or I, I, Joe Mauer. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know enough about that yeah. debate in order Sorry. to have an opinion Sorry. about it. I've never thought about that at all. He was a good baseball player that was propped up like he was the greatest player of an era. And it, it was infuriating because we all had eyes. Like, we all knew that that wasn't the story of Derek Jeter. He was a decent baseball player. Good Is baseball it, player. I mean, I'm, I, I got to be fair about this. He was a very good baseball player, but he wasn't these things. Like, we know why he wasn't Albert Pujols, and he wasn't Barry Bonds, and he wasn't 
it, Alex Rodriguez even, insert name here, those guys were clearly better baseball players, offered more than Derek Jeter did. And, but it's also part of the history of the game. He did it at shortstop for 20 years in New York. And it's not I, everyone can do that. I, I, I get it. I get it. And I, I, don't, I'm, I don't ever want this to come off as me saying Derek Jeter sucked. He did not. We stopped. We, our hate for Derek Jeter wasn't about Derek Jeter. It was about the machine. It was about the way that suddenly a guy who was a good baseball player. I'll give a comparison. First ballot Hall of Famer, like you I'll, said. I'll give a comparison. David Ortiz. Like, I get it. David Ortiz is a hell of a baseball player. But David Ortiz is not that much better of a baseball player than a lot of baseball players. And yet he was treated. He was the guy that they were willing to forgive over steroids because he was a nice guy. I know, but I, like as a Yankee fan. If I, there's a big moment, who do I not want to see step into that batter's box? I get box? it. He was a clutch player. That's fine. I understand. And if you're he a had fan of any other team, and lots, it's a clutch lots moment, of big I hits. I bet you didn't want to see Derek Jeter coming up to the plate. Maybe so, but you still don't get to rewrite baseball history over it. You don't get the fact that David Ortiz has been forgiven for using steroids and was allowed to be in the Hall of Fame, while Barry Bonds, who is a billion times better, yeah, no, nope. a billion. There aren't enough greater than signs in the world between those two players. And Barry Bonds isn't is the greatest the baseball player ever in my Correct. opinion. Correct. Yes. And that guy who used steroids is allowed in the Hall of Fame, and that guy isn't? Yeah. It makes us hate David Ortiz. It makes us, again, not his fault. And again, everybody points out what a good guy he was, what a you know larger-than-life personality he was. But the machine that has propped up David Ortiz is nonsense. It's insane. He used steroids, and they put him in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, despite the fact that he didn't play defense. Greatest DH of all time, right? Nuts! <laughs> it's nuts the way that we treat David Ortiz. This I can get not on his board with as a Yankee fan. Yeah, sure. <laughs> not his fault. It's not his fault that there was a David Ortiz machine that was created. But he can't make this list. I, we don't begrudgingly respect him. We hate him because of the machine that surrounds him. Yeah, and Don Orsillo is responsible, in my opinion. Don Orsillo is a broadcaster. Yeah, yeah. I know Don Orsillo. I, I think love he's Don a damn good, bro he's so good broadcaster. He's so it's good. Interesting idea. Around that, the pole. Yeah, it's an interesting idea that it's his like it's his responsibility. I don't know. I don't know, man. All right. I don't know what just happened here. We just lost our minds for no a second idea. yelling yeah, about sorry Derek about Jeter. Hey, today's show brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Go there right now. Uh, if you've not signed up for any particular sports betting house that exists here in the state of Maryland, you can still get like free bets, free money in some cases. I'll give you an example right now. If you have never signed up with uh, BetMGM, maybe you signed up with DraftKings, maybe you signed up with FanDuel, maybe. I don't know who you've signed up with because I don't know you that well, believe it or not. But if you've never signed up with BetMGM, you go right now to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Click here. Scroll down a little bit. And you'll see BetMGM listed. Click here. And when you bet $10, you get $200 worth of free bets. But you got to use that click here link in order to take advantage of it. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Uh, let's grab a break. When we come back in, we'll do fighting words. Charles says he's got a tidbit. I like that. We'll uh, do fighting words, tidbit, and tubular to wrap things up for a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risk.
risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our Winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listen live at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bataround with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at PressBox Sports. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or if lying isn't your thing, We'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, back in here on GCR. If you've not picked up the new print issue of PressBox yet, you only have like 10 days in order to get it. Go right now to PressBoxOnline.com, and you can click where to find it, but you can get it at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox and any of those uh, stands that you see when you walk around town. It is also available to read at PressBoxOnline.com. Our best of 2022 issue featuring our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, Adley Rutschman, on the cover. Again, go get it right now for free, and you only have about 10 days left in order to pick it up. It is Thursday. It's time for fighting words. I hope Griffin works on the open while he's away. I hope that's something that he's thought about maybe at least once while he's down at Disney World. Prince Charles is here with us this morning. Charles, what uh, what's going on in the world of fighting this week? Um, Not much, really. Um... You were talking about it earlier, your uh, WWE Royal Rumble story that made me think. When I was a kid, um, that was my favorite event. Royal Rumble is amazing. The Royal Rumble is amazing. Because it always used to usually land on my birthday, so I would watch When's your birthday? Uh, It was actually this Tuesday. Oh, I'm sick. Charles, why did you mention something? This is the problem. in studio Okay, I feel really bad now. Genuinely, I feel bad about this. I had no idea. Charles, happy birthday. I'm sorry I missed it. Um, Are you 21 now? 22 now. 22 now. Okay. So... This is what really pisses me off about people that are all running away from Facebook. 
every social media platform sucks. But the one thing that Facebook gave us was the opportunity to know when our friends' birthdays were. Yeah. Because otherwise, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's be abundantly clear. You know when a Twitter couple... has the balloons. Yeah, but you have to like go to their... You have to click on their page. Facebook, on the right side of... Every day... Give you a notification, yeah. It will tell you whose friends are selling... Who, which of your friends have a birthday that day. And again, because we don't know when our friends' birthdays are, I know like three of my friends' birthdays. I might kind of... J- generically know when some of my friends' birthdays are like, ah, I'm pretty sure we went did something for him in, in the summer for his birthday once. Like, I think that might be when it is. But we don't know. It's the one thing that that social media platform offers is knowing when your friends' birthdays are. So, of course, we're running away from it. And we'll never know when our friends' birthdays are going to be. We will never, ever, ever know. Um, man, I feel, I feel bad about that, Charles. I'm sorry. Happy birthday, bro. No, nah, you're fine. Go ahead. I, I'm I'm kind of bummed that I missed out on Royal Rumble this year. I it was wasn't even thinking about it. It was okay. When I look, well, I looked at like the entrance now, and like it gets it brings me back to my childhood. Like, dude, Col- if, Kofi Kingston, Brock Lesnar, right, uh, Rey Mysterio and his son, Bobby Lashley, like to have all these people in one ring, like that just makes me think of my childhood. Yes, that was guys. what's cool about the Royal Rumble is like you you sit there and you 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 wait and the, there's a countdown and then somebody else is going to run out and you have no idea who it's going to be. Logan Paul is apparently the second to last entry. <sighs> Logan Paul. There was actually a really cool moment with Logan Paul during the Royal Rumble. So he and um oh god, who was it? Ricochet is the name of, and he's a he's a high flyer. He's a guy that like jumps off. They from opposite sides of the ring both tried to suplex each other. They both launched each other towards the middle of the ring and like hit it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I'll hang on, I'll pull it up and That's when it goes from fine line of like choreography and like, okay, they're actually hurting each other. Dude, dude, it was it look, I I I am I have an awkward relationship with being a professional wrestling fan, right? Like it's I'm ashamed of the fact that I am still a professional wrestling fan. Now, I've got a, a very close personal friend who's a WWE wrestler, and that changes a lot of things because, you know, like, I, I love the guy. He's a close person. I think everybody knows uh, AJ Francis, top dollar, who's in uh, the Hit Row faction, is one of my best friends. And so, like, I I can't escape it. I can't get away from it. I have to watch. I have to. My kids are now a huge fan. Dude, my kids. So, I think a lot of people remember AJ played at Maryland and had a great uh, career in the NFL, played for the Seahawks and Washington and the Giants and the Dolphins. And but he always wanted, that's what he wanted to do. He never as a kid, he didn't really want to be a football player. He wanted to be a WWE wrestler. That's what he wanted to do. So the first opportunity, you know, he went and, and took a chance and now he's killing it in the WWE. And my kids are now obsessed WWE fans. And when we were down in Orlando to go to Disney World, that's, of course, where, like, most of the wrestlers live now is down in Florida. And so AJ was like, well, I'll come over and hang out with you guys. And my kids were freaking the F out. Because, like, they'll hear me talk about Uncle AJ, but, you know, you don't get to see him that often. So, like, they were freaking the F out that he was coming over and throwing him into the pool at, like, <laughs> Disney World. They were losing their minds about it. Uh, it was a really, really cool thing. That was all you wanted to say was just the Royal Rumble? Yeah, okay. I, I didn't even have that planned, but I, okay. I, I want right. to talk about it a little All bit. right, hang on a second. I yeah. will show you. This is the Logan Paul Ricochet thing from the Royal Rumble. It is wild, Jack. Like, it is the type. You knew what they were about to do because they were setting it up, and you were like, no, they're not actually going to do this, right? Like, there's no way. Okay, so here they are kind of staring at each other, right? Like, they're both on opposite sides of the ring, and they're building it. And you, as you're watching, you're like, 
do? Now, they, they look at each other, right? Like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this? We're going to do this? Did you want to go? It's a great moment, man. It's This is why I can't I can't. It's like escape. two guys uh, eyeing each other from across 100%. the hundred percent. I can't escape pro wrestling. Yo! Oh, Yo! It was awesome, dude. Nice. It was so cool. All right, what else? What else do you got? All right, well, for, I guess, a recap, uh, UFC last week released their first quarter schedule. Um, that goes up until about May, give or take. Okay. Late April, early May. Um, some of the locations are still to be announced, but the majority of the pay-per-views are filled up and locked in. Um, just kind of, they're going to Perth in February. Um, that's a uh, main event by Makachev. That's Khabib's, like, protege and Volkanovski. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's another title fight on there between Rodriguez and Emmett, which is actually Volkanovski's belt, but, but they're, that's, he's going to challenge They're 55. not doing that at a, nor- a weird time. They're doing it at, like, 10 o'clock Eastern, yeah. and it's whatever it is. Yeah. I don't even They'll know just what have time. The it, n- noon in Australia yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah, it's, like, early afternoon, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. But then they're in Vegas for the next couple of weeks, um, and then that uh, for the next two weeks for fight nights, and that ends with uh, John Jones still gone to right. begin March. Um, and then they'll be going to London uh, later in March. They're trying something new. They're putting two pay per views in the same month, so they're gonna. We'll see how they do with that numbers wise. Okay. I don't know if, don't know if the fans are gonna want to pay it, for it two. Kind of depends, and it also kind of depends on who's fighting on those yeah. pay per views. Um, so the London one is Leon Edwards Usman rematch with. Okay. Uh, yeah. Gaethje, Fazeev. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, I'd say, yeah, I'd say that's about as big as uh, Vegas, but probably not quite because John Jones is on the Vegas yes. card. And what's the other one? Uh, London, March 18th. Okay. And then I guess to round out uh, March, they'll be in San Antonio to end the month. And actually, there is a local fighter that will be on that card. Um, he actually fights out of the gym that I'm now going to and coach at. His name is Tucker Lutz. I know Tucker. Yeah. I love Tucker. He'll be fighting Daniel Pineda. What is that? Ground control? Ground control. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love. I love Tucker's a hell. I mean, he's a good dude. First yeah, he's of all, he's a good guy. He's a really good dude, and I'm really happy for him. Uh, he came through tough enough, right? Like he got mm-hmm. his contract that way. It was yeah. through, and it was during the pandemic, if I remember correctly. Uh, love Tucker lots. Good dude. Very cool. Yeah. Um. And I guess a, uh, I guess a fighter to highlight also on that card in San Antonio. Uh, he's kind of an entertaining guy, Michelle Pereira. Uh, he does backflips in the cage, like during the fight. Does somersaults on the okay. dudes? Okay, like all right, all he's right. He's an absolute nut. So, if you catch yourself uh, wanting to watch that San Antonio card, go ahead. Um, other than that, uh, they start the next month in April. It's rumored to be in Miami. Uh, that's not done deal, but that's going to be a uh, Izzy Pereira rematch. And other than that, oh, Masvidal and Gilbert Burns are also on that card. Um, Kevin Holland's on that card. But other than that, that kind of rounds out the first quarter um, up until like the beginning of so sadly nothing in baltimore sadly it was we were talking sadly. about it last week nothing mm-hmm. nothing coming to the new arena just yet chris stapleton's coming to the new arena though i'm excited about that it yeah. be another another big white for white guys of a certain age he's also doing the uh i think no, the national anthem yeah, the national right? anthem. yeah the super bowl, bowl. Yeah. very cool yeah usually the closest they come to baltimore is madison square garden i'm sadly. A, i am sadly other than the time they came to baltimore which was freaking awesome with mm-hmm. uh john jones and glover to yeah. and then number three all right um so right now uh actually tomorrow espn top rank is holding an event um in desert diamond arena in glendale arizona it's uh navarette wilson card and nico ali walsh will be making his eighth appearance in the boxing professional boxing ring um he'll be facing eduardo ally at 160 pounds 
He's seven. You're gonna have to tell me why I'm supposed to care. Seven and zero, five knockouts. Um, he's Muhammad Ali's grandson. That's what I needed to know. That was my question. Was will Ali say no more? Will Walsh capitalize on the momentum of his grandfather's legacy in the coming years? Uh, I mean, probably not. (laughs) Like it's it's very tough, right? Like obviously, I mean, Layla Ali turned herself into a a a relevant pop culture figure. Obviously, she was. But not really known for her boxing. No, not she was a it. good fighter, yeah. but not. And, and part of the problem too was women's boxing in that area. It was very difficult to become a great fighter, right? Like, how would anybody know that you're a great fighter? We don't know who these people are that you're beating, right? Like, it's it was difficult time to become a like somebody in so, a, a a boxing expert might say to me she was the greatest fighter we ever saw, right? Like because I it was hard for us to know. We know who the great fighters are by going back and looking at who they beat. Like that's how we judge them. You beat you beat so and so and so and so and so and so. Well, that makes you the greatest fighter of of a generation, right? In women's boxing at the time, we didn't know who any of these people were that she was fighting. Like, how would we possibly know if she was a good fighter or not? But maybe somebody would say her technique or skill or whatever. She was a great fighter. I just don't know that because I don't know the sport the same way. Yeah. Like, it's a very it's it's certainly compelling. Is this who's this isn't Layla's son, is it? Um, I'm not sure. I didn't. I could look that up. Um, I I would I would say I'm more inclined to watch because of it, and that it would be very good for the sport. If so, his 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 official last name is Walsh. So right. I'm not. I'm not too sure that Dang he might a be a little distant. Uh, nephew of Layla Ali, so mm-hmm. not not her son. Um, so the question really just becomes: it boxing would be served well. For Nico Ali Walsh to become a Very star, good boxer. Yeah. yes, it would be a a casual fan would be more inclined to watch when they hear, "Oh, this is Muhammad Ali's grandson." Like it would, boxing would be well served to protect Nico Ali Walsh yeah. and let him stockpile wins and become a relevant figure that way. And I hate that that's the story of boxing, but, like, that's the story of boxing, right? Like, just try to get somebody as many wins as possible to make them a star. Get this dude a bunch of wins. Let people believe he's a star, whether or not he actually is. That way, more people will tune in to see the I do think fight. it's good that ESPN top rank and his uh, his management are Yeah, fighting on ESPN, yeah, yeah. that's a big deal to get a fight on yeah. ESPN. And, I, again, I did not literally – when you said Nico Ali Walsh, I'm like, why, why do I care, dude? What do you, why do you include this? When you say Muhammad Ali's grandson, I'm like, ah, all right. Now, now I want. To, I'm not telling you I'm going to sit down and watch the fight tomorrow night, but I will be at least intrigued next week when we talk. I'm going to say, hey, what happened? You'll probably catch a the highlight of it on yeah, Twitter like or Facebook. Yep. Him knocking whoever Eduardo Alaya is. Don't mean to disrespect. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, good stuff, man. Thank you, Charles. Appreciate right. it. Good work. That's fighting words. We do it on Thursdays here on GCR. Uh, Charles also has a tidbit today, so let's do that. Tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What you got? All right, so I was tasked with kind of doing some salary cap research. um, research earlier in the show. And I have might be the first time in the history of the program that we did research. By the way, <laughs> it's new. There are I looked f- up how many years apart the Patriots Super Bowl. Ah, was. you know <laughs> what? We did. We done a lot of research this morning. Look at this. Yeah, Go ahead. So there are four QBs to make a Super Bowl 
being less than 1% of the team's salary, and one of those QBs did it twice. So I know I said five earlier, but one of those QBs did it twice. Four quarterbacks. Since when? Since when? Since 2000. Since 2000. Four quarterbacks to make a Super Bowl with less than 1% of the team's salary. Yeah, we're get, we, that's the, our job is to guess. So... Oh, you we just we just yell it out loud, Rami. Like we don't we don't bother to go through. I'm going to assume that Tom Brady, the first two thousand one, yeah. Tom Brady, he Jared was Goff. Point four six and he made three hundred thousand. No Jared Goff. Oh, because he was a first rounder, yeah, so he got yeah. yeah. Like that's probably does that include Jalen Hurts? Or does no that Jalen not Hurts. include this Super Bowl? Not not does not include okay. this Super Bowl All right. on the stats. <sighs> three hundred thousand seems so criminal. It's it's nuts, right? It's nuts. Looking back on it, it's crazy. Russell Wilson was a fourth rounder. He's got to be on there. He's on there. He was the one on there twice. Thirteen and fourteen. He was around fifth, uh, less than a per- half of a percent of the team salary, and he made six hundred eighty thousand. So the you first said time you said won. since two thousand. Since two thousand. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer was not. He was on the list, but he made over 1%. He made 1.61%, a million dollars on the dot. I wasn't far off. Baltimore's by the way. team salary was 62 million that year. It's salary, salary caps changed, done changed a little bit since 2000. Well, you put it in perspective, he made a million of 62 million. That's like he was less than I, one I of a 53 man. Rush. By the way, we will. That's how they looked. We will be having time. the filmmakers from uh, Baltimore, the bullies of Baltimore, on the show tomorrow. Um, Ken Rogers and Jason Weber will join us to talk about 30 for 30 with oh, Jairus on Sunday night. I'm missing good stuff. My roommate is really excited about that, dude. He's it's great. It's Ravens if you're a Ravens fan. I I don't know how invested the casual football fan will be in it. If you're a Ravens fan, it's amazing. I I, I said that when they announced it. I just I don't hope it gives vibes of the hard knocks. It gives a lot of hard knocks vibes, right. and Tony Siragusa is the unquestionable star right, of this thirty for thirty. Um. Okay. So who am I? All right. All right. Hang so we got Brady and yeah, Wilson. Brady and Wilson. Two are the only two. The only two that we come up with. I. I, I'm gonna say he made Nick Foles. Nick Foles, he made 1.6 million dollars. It was 0.96 percent of their salary that year. And this is made the Super Bowl, not won the Super Bowl. It's made and yeah, both. Right. So anybody who was in a Super Bowl, Kerry mm-hmm. Collins. No, I'm just trying to look. He was also in 2000. He was against Trent Dilfer, yeah. but he was three 3.55 percent. Money well spent. Um, when you look back on it, it's only $2 million, though. Like, just this year, uh, well, in 2020, to win, Tampa won the Super Bowl with Brady, but he was making $25 million. <sighs> Who am I forgetting about? Who am I? Hang on. Don't, don't say anything yet. Don't say anything yet. I'm just kind of racking my brain. Brad Johnson, I don't think it was Brad Johnson, because I think he was a marquee free agent signing. Um, Rex Grossman. No, his number is at. Oh, 1.5%. I percent. Go ahead. Is it Colin Kaepernick? It is Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. The year that you guys forked over all the money, the 49ers were doing the opposite and only paying him one point one million dollars. So wait a second. That was not yet when Joe Flacco had gotten paid. It was that was right his final the, season of his rookie deal. Was that yeah. when they won the Super Bowl and then they paid him after the Super Bowl? So yeah. he was still. I don't know what his percent was at that point, but it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been a crazy number in that yeah, final. Kaepernick was technically the backup to Alex Smith. So. Yes, correct. Yeah, I got the more recent. Flacco ones. I got was at six point six three percent, eight million a year. Six point right because he was a first. He was still a first round yeah. pick uh, in the final year of his rookie deal at that point. 
All right, that was a good tidbit. Well done. Nicely done, Charles. Appreciate that. Yeah, Hurts and uh, and Burrow are making more money. Or Hurts and Mahomes, I should say. Well, I'm trying to think of what Hurts would have been. Because Hurts was a second-round pick. So what would his number – What is? do we know what Hurts' number is for this season? I mean, I, I get it. He's, it's good money, but it's not insane money. I don't think he's making $12 million. And I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I'll wait and find out in one second. What is it? Base salary of four point three million. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Workout Correct. bonus of another hundred thousand. Pretty, yeah, so pretty, pretty good number to have million. your quarterback yeah. at in order to build one of the great rosters in modern football history. Yeah, but if you have Patrick Mahomes, you could trade away your best receiver, and you don't and have to build around him. Still, somehow yeah, manage to find yourself and back you're the in number, the Super Bowl. And you're the number one offense in the league and number one scoring and all but that. But again, too, so. he is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> he is <laughs> once in a generation. Correct. I thought it was funny that they kept making the point during the game last week, like their receiver room is like more decimated than the Ravens at this point. Like, That's not true. Is. Somebody tried bringing that up. The Ravens are taking their trash. Sky Moore. That's that's I look. Dude, I'm saying I'm not at that a, point in the game. I understand. They put Marcus Kemp out there. Like we yeah. all, like anybody knew who Marcus Kemp was. Mm. Marcus Kemp went on the field and was like, "What me?" <laughs> I just I just love seeing Juju Smith Schuster celebrate like he had a 15 reception. Game. I understand that, but what I'm saying is the Ravens took the guys the. The Chiefs didn't want any. That's how bad the Ravens' room is. Is they said, "God, Demarcus Robinson stinks. We can't have him around." And the Ravens were like, "Sign us up!" It was so bad though. Give us your trash. Mahomes on one leg had to run. Dude, to I win I game. saw it. Like <laughs> yeah. I understand. I saw the thing, but th- I saw a lot of people doing that this week. Like the Ravens are still somehow worse than that. Like it's that bad. In Baltimore, that they were like, Demarcus Robinson was the Ravens' number one wide receiver. Do you see the Devontae Adams news that's made or tweet that's made? Oh, yeah, that he wants Aaron Rodgers to come to to Vegas. He did it. Why wouldn't he? Ask me anything. And one of the questions was, where's Rodgers going to be next year? And he's like, here. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? If you're Devontae Adams, why wouldn't you? And you know, Carr's gone. (laughs) There There was still a Ravens fan who like responded to something we said this morning. And was like, you're acting like Derek Carr wouldn't have won a playoff game with the Ravens this season. I'm like, he has this one playoff career game that he same, even made it to. The same Derek Carr that couldn't get to the playoffs with Devontae right. Adams, that and, guy, and and Josh Jacobs who had one of the best yes, like, career year, monster years, unbelievable. All right, uh, here's what's coming up tonight. Brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com/offers again. I can only tell you so many times, these offers will not last forever. At some point, these companies are going to pack up and go elsewhere. But you can bet $5 on any game right now on FanDuel and get $150 in free bets guaranteed if you click on the link at PressBoxOnline.com offers. Do it right now. And don't forget, the gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, Call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Uh, ESPN tonight for the Pro Bowl Skills Showdown. Hell yeah! Oh yeah. I saw, I think, the score put out like a preview or something like that. Jesus Christ. What's the line on the golfing? I think Justin Tucker and Marlon Humphrey are doing the golf, and Marlon Humphrey and somebody else are doing dodgeball, too. There's zero chance. I'm I'm sorry. Who clicks on the link? The notification says NFL Pro Bowl Bowl preview. (laughs) Let's just do it like a Goodell Simon says at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's at 7 tonight on ESPN. Maryland women after that against Iowa at 8.30 on ESPN. Towson's at Hofstra tonight at 7 o'clock. It's a big game for them, by the way. Hofstra's one of the better teams in the CAA. 7 o'clock on Flow Hoops. The rest of the college basketball. Um, uh, two Big Ten games tonight. Wisconsin-Ohio State at 7 on Fox Sports 1. Michigan-Northwestern at 7 on ESPN 2. All the rest of the college hoops find at glennclarkradio.com. TNT-Grizzlies-Cavaliers at 7.30. Clippers-Bucks at 10.00. 
Golf Channel Round 1 at Pebble Beach at 3 o'clock. NFL Network for the East-West Shrine Bowl tonight at 8.15. Some local prospects in that. Jacob Copeland, the wide receiver from Maryland, who was the transfer from Florida. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, the running back from Minnesota, who's from Baltimore. And P.J. Mustafer from Penn State, who's also from Baltimore, playing in the Shrine Bowl tonight on NFL Network. Uh, Non-sports highlights. Yuck. Nothing. Is what I've got for you. Nothing. Check your local streaming. Uh, you can go services. to. I like. Uh, I, I like that show. Welcome to Flash. It's on Fox, but it's, it's very niche. It's for me. It's not for a lot of other people. But um, they're the season finale of that. I is watched on Fox Vengeance tonight. last night. That was a very. I don't good know movie. Vengeance. What's Vengeance? It's a movie about. Uh, B, it's a B J Novak movie. He plays a guy. Oh, you know what? I do remember that. With the yes, I do remember that. Very y- good. It was good. I liked it. I actually, this is, I, I must hate myself because I decided I was going to spend some time with that 90s show this hmm. week. Do you watch You People yet on Netflix? I have not. That's, this is the problem, right? When I sit down to watch something, I never have enough time to put a movie on. And so I just put shows on instead. And then I end up watching like four of them realizing I did have enough time to watch a yeah, movie. What exactly. the hell is wrong with me? Why didn't I do that? A Jew in media. It was relatable. I, sure. I want to watch you people, though. I do yeah. want to watch. I know the internet has not loved the idea of Jonah Hill. Really? Jonah Hill could pull Lauren London? Really? Yeah, that's all I've heard about. <laughs> yeah, the internet has not been thrilled with that. But, I mean, I, I will watch it anyway. I will watch the film at some point. I will give it a shot. Do you want this audio that we teased? Oh, that's right. Tomorrow? God, it's 1223. What the hell happened here? All right. Let, this was the, the, the guy, for, the PA announcer at the Wisconsin High School basketball Let's game. Let's hope it loads. Oh, God, please, please tell me we did all this. I actually Shut up! Hang on, keep let it. The WIAA is always looking for officials, and since you do such a good job from the stands, get on the floor, wear a striped shirt, and do it yourselves. <laughs> I would, I would actually like. And then to, they applauded it. I mean, that's pretty good. I would like to know if this was, because a PA announcer at a high school basketball game could be anyone, right? Like. There are some schools where it's a kid, right? Like, hey, do you want to do this? He doesn't sound like a senior. Like, he sounds a little older than he, that. And that's yeah. the thing. He sounds like an adult. So a lot of times it's another teacher or somebody like that that say, hey, we don't have a PA announcer. Could you come over and be the PA announcer on Friday night? A lot of times the, yeah, the like officials that, are also he, like, like It's like that history college, teacher. You know? Yeah, it's true. What's that? It's like usually that history teacher. Yeah, correct. That just knows everything about sports. and like Correct. They're like, well, know, yeah. we need somebody to do it. Okay, I'll come we over. Don't, they do. don't want him to be the basketball coach per se. Correct. I love that. I think that's wonderful. I like God knows how many times you've gone to a game where you're just you're sick of it. Like you're just shut up already. And every parent thinks that their kid's the best, oh, and their course, kid gets. It's just, I love it. I know. love it. That's awesome. Good stuff, man. All right, uh, Charles, you're on social. Charles AP twenty eight on Instagram. Very good. Give him a follow. Rami, first of all, thank you for all of your help. Oh this my week. pleasure. Been great, great having you, you in uh, the last three days. Our buddy Zach Goodman from the Bat Around is going to sit in tomorrow until Griffin gets back. But uh, I get kicked out. Yeah, I'm sorry. You just you really failed us. Yeah. Um, Rami's uh, came over here, had no idea what he's doing. I just said, "Hey, man, uh, got an opportunity." He was like, "I'd love to," and so I really appreciate you doing that. Remind everybody about you on social and your podcast. Uh, so social media, Twitter is Rami underscore Lavi. That's R A M I underscore L A V I, and Instagram Rami dot Lavi, also R A M I. And then dot lav. I actually have three Instagram accounts. I won't give you all of them, but I'm a chef, and then I have my podcast account. But I host a podcast. It's called the Rami Lavi Podcast. Very original name, and it's available. Odyssey. I, by the Apple. way, that was the original name that we were considering for this show. 
believe it or not. But this show, Glenn Clark Radio, almost became the Rami Levy podcast. Yeah, exactly. It was weird how that yeah. worked. Somehow you threw your name yeah, into it. Yeah, I don't know why I would do that. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Rami Levy podcast is available on Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for your Thank hard you. work this week. All right, thanks today to um, Walt Williams. Thanks to Brandon Williams, as well as to Rita Not Williams. Uh, we'll get all of that up in the Greatest Hits section at uh, glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, Stan the Fan will be in studio. We are going to catch up with, as I mentioned, the filmmakers from the uh, 30 for 30 Baltimore Bullies. Uh, Jason Weber, Ken Rogers will join us tomorrow morning. Uh, and also Darren O'Day, former Orioles pitcher, who, of course, announced his retirement from baseball Biggest retirement this week. of the week. Yes, obviously. Well, Pete Karinji was the biggest retirement of the week, but right. Darren O'Day was number two, right, clearly. Right. They, and then was, there was some random football player, 50-year-old. I don't remember the guy. Um, but we will t- catch up with Darren O'Day, who is a huge part of uh, those really good Orioles teams in the uh, the 2010s. So we'll look forward to that. All right. Uh, thanks today to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, Maryland Jockey Club, Great Eights Memorabilia, Maryland Vascular Specialist, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks, as always, to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. As you follow him, follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And Charles next week is going to relaunch our uh, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok content. Looking forward to that. He's got some new fresh ideas, which is good, because I don't have any of those. I'm 80. So make sure you're following us at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great Thursday night. Uh, go Maryland women. Go Towson. Duke sucks.